hot as dicks up in here. Dicks up in here. Dicks up in here. Hot as motherfucking dicks up in here. Well, that's the intro to the show. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck off. Oh man, that's so fucking perfect. <laughs> yes, yes, y'all, it's going down right now. Episode 158 of the 22 Shots of Moods and Horror podcast is coming at you live. I am your host, the man who hasn't had a moment to think all week, so this intro is probably going to suck dick. The Bearded Bambino, a.k.a. Moods. Yeah. And of course, I have my two Wendagos by my side. First up. We have the Mexican who lives a lie and won't let us know that he's in a relationship with his co-worker slash podcast co-host Carly Double Shot Jed, a.k.a. JP. <laughs> and last up, we have the little boy who once looked like Zelda, but now resembles Ellen DeGeneres with a hint of Rosie O'Donnell. The Jew himself, Jeremy. What's going on, guys? You know how I really know that they love each other? It's because they always get each other dope-ass gifts that normal people, normal friends wouldn't get them. Like what? That's the dead giveaway. A friend present. You got a $150 box set, and she got you some vinyl. It's like, god damn, got her an Xbox for Christmas. Friend presents are single Blu-rays in a box of chocolates, not (laughs) Xboxes and full-on universal horror box sets. Yep. Those are relationship presents, for sure, 100%. Feedback on this, viewers and listeners. Let us know we are right. <laughs> it's true. Uh, I'm just and a good that, friend. And now that you're looking like a Wolverine motherfucker, she must want your D even more. Yeah, you said I look like Wolverine. Yeah, it's true. A Mexican Wolverine. That's like the third person that said that. I don't, I don't see where the... Uh, I'm pretty sure D-E. Wolverine can grow a pretty good beard, though. He does have a good beard. <laughs> no. It's not horrible. It's, it's not like... It's, it, you know what? I, th- I think it's officially a beard at this point like at first it was just like a mess but i really do think i can grow a beard now for the first time in my life it's not i just turned i just turned 28 so you have one of those you have one of those beards that you know you have those lines and you know where the lips kind of meet there on your face you know like you (laughs) you know what i'm saying it's so weird how do you not grow hair there I don't know. It's I just, just, it's, 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 just said, doesn't like, grow pubes. It's like I just sent you a picture. Else. Look how look how much thicker it came in this yeah. time. I always thought that's but, so strange that someone can grow like a you know pretty good beard and then there's just spots missing. Like what the fuck is that about? I know it's it, it's just these two spots, but they're kind of um, they're coming in better this time. But I think I don't know. It's Jeremy. It's when are you gonna grow a beard? Never. <laughs> Do you I'm shave? A pussy. Yeah, I shave like. Three times a week. No, Dude, like let well, it grow. I want to see what happens. Honestly, have no. you ever let it grow? Like, have you ever let it go? Dude, can we put this like as a, a Patreon perk? <laughs> I would love to see him. I just like my life now has to be a Patreon. <laughs> Dude, I'd love to see Jeremy. Because we to got to beat exploding heads. What do you mean? We already are beating exploding heads by a hundred to a hundred and two dollars. I told you that was going to happen because they had so they they won for a month. Whatever they won for a month. Back and forth, we're trading blows here. No man, they're never gonna catch up now. Jeremy, you they're gotta, you li- gotta do it. You gotta fucking do it, man. Grow yourself a chin strap beard. Yeah, I gotta see this. And I want to see. And I want to see a picture of you and Turi hugging. <laughs> well, for once, I'm cooler than somebody, so that's all right. Oh, you probably you with any type of beard would kill me, man. I can't even you'll, picture. You'll it. grow a beard, and 
first day walking out, you'll get your first vagina. Oh Just my like god, this. Ellen DeGeneres with a beard. That is the fucking best <laughs> thought of the day. I love it. I hate you guys. <laughs> Dude, no, it's going to be epic. <laughs> it um, is going to be epic. You know what? It's so true. People would actually put money towards this to have you grow they... a beard. Anything. I mean, let, you don't have to go crazy and grow my shit. Yeah, just just go like a month. Like it, no like way. pretend it's November or something. Do you get why? Do you though? grow decent why? facial hair? Or do you shave every single day? No, three, like three times a week. Three times three, a week. Three times. Well, I mean, that's pretty frequent. I don't remember the last time I shaved. But. Yeah, because you fucking mountain man. <laughs> See, I whenever I even don't keep a beard, I shave like once every two weeks because I'm lazy. Man, how the, this, this has got to be a twenty-two shots first talking about shaving. <laughs> That's what happens when you look like a Wolverine. Did you ever listen to that episode of uh, Exploding Heads where Brandon revealed that he doesn't have body hair? Yeah. <laughs> I actually knew that he'd mentioned. I thought he was joking for like Not the longest pukes. time. No, like he got laser hair yeah. removal on his entire body. Like yeah. not even joking, he spent like a ton of money on it. What a fag! He had mentioned he had mentioned it to me, or he brought it up, or something. He should like move that. to San Francisco. I didn't believe him until he actually outed it on the podcast. Yeah, I know. I was. I thought he was joking because he, he was, always would say that, like arms are smooth or something like that. And I was just, I just thought he was like fucking around. But well, he, they, they like got in that deep conversation. Like they were all getting deep on that episode. It was just like a Q and A type thing. And, uh, yeah, I was like, holy crap. And, like, even Dave sounded, like, completely, sh- like, confused and shocked. He's like, wait, what? Like, <laughs> Doesn't it make sense for somebody to get, you know, laser surgery to remove all your body hair if you're actively getting Punani and shit? You know, yeah. you want to kind of keep, you know, stay in the game and shit like that. But, I mean, Brandon's is pretty much a virgin like Jeremy. Yeah, Brandon hasn't had vagina since vagina's had him. I know, and he openly admits this and is, like, hilarious. So what's with the body hair removal? <laughs> He's a fan. I can't even wrap my head around this. Why anybody would spend money. <laughs> Who would spend money on removing hair from their body? Like, I don't get it. I don't know, man. His name's Brandon. I guess some people will have their vices. Isn't he a Jew? It Why is... the hell is he spending money on stupid shit like that? It is so true. I mean, I can't even picture Brandon being that hairy that he's one day wakes up and he's like, fuck, I got to remove this shit, man. Yeah. Man, I got to do something about this, you know? That's a little odd. I it have... reminds me of Buffalo Bill. Like, I'm pretty sure Brandon's a serial killer. I can he see. He fits a lot of the, he ticks a lot of the tick boxes, you know? <laughs> Dude, I do have a couple, but like mean, watch 500 movies in four months. Yeah, it's insane. yeah, yeah. That like, there's some traits there <laughs> that that might be questionable on like a uh, insanity test. But... I do get you know the random patches of hair on the. I'm not talking about myself, but the random patches of hair on the back and shit. You know, maybe get those removed because they're, they're fucking funky looking and shit. They make you look weird. Dude, my back looks disgusting. Ask anybody. Right? It's I, just like, I, yeah, it's just like so much hair, like gross. Oh, really? I don't know. I got blessed. I get man. it. I have a lot of back hair for some reason. I don't know. I got lucky with that, man. I got the chest hair and the belly, but I got nothing on my back, which is fantastic. See, I have more, I have more hair on my back than my legs and my chest. Hmm. Weird. You have yeah. more hair on your back than your legs? That's the yeah, thing I would ever. say. Like, like it's thicker on my back. It's pretty <laughs> weird. 
just in spots though, like down where my like where a tramp stamp would go if I was Tory or gay. And uh, be... it's still the funniest thing I've heard all week, man. Oh my god. <laughs> or and like up at the top, like wait, Tory has a tramp stamp. <laughs> he got a tramp stamp without realizing he got a tramp stamp. <laughs> That's such a thing that he would do. So his excuse yeah, is his excuse is that he's getting his whole back tattooed, but he started with he started the, with the tramp stamp. with the tramp stamp. But what is it? Is it like a fish or something gay? I would assume it's a bullseye, dude. Yeah. Every one of his tattoos is like a flower, a flower, a flower, a skull, a flower. So a, he like buy, every... so he gets so he gets tattooed like he buys his movies and threes and twos and yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. I, I would assume it's just a bullseye with flowers around it. You know, I mean, yeah. it's pretty much exactly what it is. But, but I don't really yeah, fucking get it, it, though. In all seriousness, though, like, I'm just fucking with Brandon. I love you, dude. Don't, don't, don't be mad at me. You're, you're the shit, dude. You're funny as fuck. Yeah, he's going to hate you forever <laughs> over that one. <laughs> well, he, it isn't something that was, like, secret and I, like, let the world know. He already, he, he came out and said it on the podcast. <laughs> That's what happens when you're a loser and not the number one Patreon on the Horophilia Network. So I'm not sure what's more ask... compelling, man. The fact that he actually got that done or the fact that he actually just openly admitted something like that when he really didn't have to. Yeah. It's strange. Yeah. <laughs> Let me ask you guys a question. So um, how is – first of all, I want to say I thought – I was like just skipping through the last show we did, the Dead series. Man, I thought that was a pretty good show, honestly. That I think we did a good job. Like, that is a series that is very important. Well, not according to Moods. He thought I did horrible. Well, you, um, but I'm mainly no, talking No, I about didn't me. say you did horrible. I said you didn't say enough. Well, I say Mike, what I usually say. Honestly, Mike actually listened to the show. He listened to it back, and he's like, yeah, Jeremy didn't really talk a whole lot. He said he made some funny cracks and stuff. But I didn't notice didn't when we were recording, but thinking back, yeah, he probably didn't talk like that much. See, I didn't listen times. to a whole lot of the show. Generally, I'll listen to portions when I'm editing. But this was such an easy show. The franchise shows are so easy to do. And I'll just put shit before the, you know, the the next review and stuff. So I didn't really listen to it much at all. So I didn't really. Yeah, I, I, I did. I thought like I'm um, sometimes when we get like big shit like Texas Chainsaw or something, I'm always nervous that like I'm going to forget a bunch of stuff and then I'm going to think back and be like, man, why didn't I mention that? Why didn't I mention this? But like I really didn't feel that way with the dead show. I I, th- mm-hmm. I feel like I got everything out that I wanted to say. Felt like it was good conversations, good ratings. You know, I, th- I thought it was a good episode, and th- I'm proud of that because, you know, that that that's one of the bigger franchises that you know we could cover um, left. You know, besides Friday and Elm Street and stuff. But yeah, that, yeah, was, that it, was pretty cool. It was nice to get that one out of the way for sure. I I did realize after you know I was thinking about it, and there was a few things I wanted to mentioned about land and diary and survival. I think it's just, you know, the shows go on, you know, the longer they go on, sometimes you just kind of forget things. And and, and like, I always have this wad of notes in my phone and I barely ever use them when I'm doing, I I just, I look back at it after and I'm like, why didn't I say that? (laughs) You know, it's like, I don't know. It's one of those things, man. Yeah. Um, And then the other thing I wanted to ask you guys is how's 72 going? I'm at like 19. Yeah. Fuck I you. I haven't really been watching a whole lot. You're in a fact, bitch. In fact, I actually haven't watched many movies all week. Actually, the last couple of weeks. So 
Um, I'm slacking. I'm like 35. Of, man. I, I don't know. Yeah, I'm so like fuck you. You're not going to have enough for a top 10 either, you fucking dickhead. I still stand by the fact that I think I'm going to make 50. No way. You're not going to watch 30 movies by the end of the month. No? Jeremy has more than you? Close. Uh, No, I should be at like 20-something right now. 24, I think. What am I at? I'll tell you in one second. Um, yeah, I don't know. I've I, I've been kind of just like I've been going to the gym a lot, as you as Mids knows, because I share my pictures at the gym every day. He um, <laughs> <laughs> gives me shit for it, uh, but you know, trying to get into a little bit better shape and stuff. So, you know, it's getting nicer out and things, and I got fat over the winter. So, um, I, uh, I've been, that's been taking a lot of time. Okay, I'm on, I'm on twenty one by the way. The 21. winter the winter plump up. Yeah, okay. fuck you. I'm only two behind, and you were fucking giving me shit, so you could go suck a chode. I give you shit because suck a chode. <laughs> I may slack, but at least I recover in the end. Doesn't um, matter. You were saying I wasn't going to have anything, and I have I was two that, less than you. Yeah, I think Carly's like near thirty, maybe. Um, yeah, but nice. yeah, it should it should be pretty. I should be able to. Um, we're gonna do like some lighter shows here in April. Um, and then May, I think we're doing the 72, like the first weekend in May. Well, next week's show is, uh, the William Castle, uh, not trilogy, but a triple mm-hmm. feature William Castle director spotlight kind of thing. And then I don't know what we're doing. There is no other shows. So, well, I, I figure we could probably just, cause the week after that, um, is Easter. The, yeah, I figured we could just do something like one film or th- something like that, and then on the twenty eighth as well because I'm, I won't have that much prep time because I'm going out for that week. Um, Nobody to, liked uh, my bunny man here. idea. Fuck you. Guys. It was all right. I I just don't. I, I just want to do like super light things with the Patreon but isn't stuff. Bunny, so isn't there three bunny man films? Yeah. yeah, I reviewed one of them and it was kind of weird. Yeah. Well, though I see the male girls in like the second one. Joe, yeah, Joe Bob. Mm-hmm. She's also in one of the witchcraft movies. Did oh, you know that? Only oh, one. Uh, one or two. It was like one of the David Sterling ones. Hasn't every porn star <laughs> hasn't every porn star made a an appearance in a witchcraft? You movie? know what I like about Darcy <laughs> the Male Girl is she actually seems like a legit fan of horror yeah. and not just like a fake, you know, personality like hot chick. Um, but yeah, so that's she should that's do those cool. porn those horror porn parodies. <laughs> like fucking Beetlejism or the Dex- I think Texas she's retired. Dildo Massacre. She's retired. Yeah, I think she's retired. Oh, well, that's no fun. Fuck. But yeah, I'm 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 not loving 72. If I'm being yeah, honest, I'm actually hate. I said that, and you're like, oh, they're they're okay, but it's like 72 are, sucks. Like, it, no, it, it it doesn't suck. It's just that like my list how do you guys for every top 10 show manage to watch all the wrong movies (laughs) it it, it astounds me because i just watch all the short ones a lot of them are fucking boring to start like you have to get into them like even like it's 70 slow burn movies yeah there's a lot of slow movies yeah they they are i mean yeah they're, they're definitely slow i think that like there's not enough uniqueness you know what's funny is the tv movies are like more unique than the actual like movies that are coming out. Like there's a lot of hammer stuff out there. That's like, you know, it's kind of the same, like even vampire circus, which is pretty good. It's not, it's not anything mind blowingly unique. Have you you guys watched vampire circus yet? Yeah. 
All right. You just said that, you dumbass. <laughs> yeah, that's the one I just mentioned. Um, yeah, I, 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 I liked Vampire Circus. I'm tired as fuck, man. I meant to say The Night Stalker. No, I have it on Blu-ray, but I haven't watched it yet. I did, just, I did yeah, just I did just pick that. up a couple of Blu-rays like um That one short. The Tower of Evil. I just picked that Blu-ray up. And, I will say uh, watch the possession of Joel Delaney. Yeah, I have that downloaded. That's a pretty unique film, I gotta say. And also, I mean, it's a film that doesn't get the credit for it, but you know, it's got possession in the title. I can't think of too many films before that with this one. Yeah, pretty interesting. Uh, you know, know what, private man? parts is probably like one of the better ones so far. Yeah, I private, probably like that one. Private yeah. parts rules, man. Yeah, I. You know what, dude? I like. I still need to watch the Falchi film. I need to watch. I need to rewatch. What have you done to Solange? Yeah. Um, couple of other ones like Italian stuff, and then like the color. The well, that, I just that watched one. that one. Well, there's like. Follow. I mean, there's like you know, there's Blackula. I don't know if you rewatched that. Sisters. I'm gonna rewatch. Don't torture that a duckling. Blackula. Yeah, I, I already watched Sisters. Um, there's that other one that I wanted to watch, too. Um, I forget what it was called. I have a few of them on my computer, but I also have a few. Like, Your Vice is the a others, Locked Room. The others are supposed to be good. Did you, you got... watch Your Vice is a Locked Room yet, uh, Jeremy? No, because I wasn't it, on that show. It's long, but it's definitely definitely watch it, because it is probably one of the yeah. higher-rated films of that year. Um, I watched like one that isn't a horror film, but I enjoyed it a lot, and that's the Big Bird Cage. Yeah, yeah. But, All the colors of the dark, man. I rewatched that the other night. Fuck, I love that movie. Man, you know uh, I'm kicking I'm myself for not... on it. To be honest, it's, it's so good. It's such I'm, a weird movie. It's good. That, kicking... That's what separates it in the giallo genre, man. Is that it's a little it bit is, too weird for me? It is because <laughs> like there's no giallos like that one. It's so yeah. weird. Yeah. I'm kicking myself for not buying Ben for $12 when it was in Walmart. I got that. that. I'm so mad because, like, it's $22 now, man. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I want it on Blu-ray, but I don't want to pay $22 for it. I'm, like, really disappointed. Oh, yeah, that I was the one. Too. Jeremy, did you watch What the Peeper Saw? No. Remember way, way back, way, way back in the day I reviewed that film and I said, man, you got to – you got to check this film out because it's a movie that you just can't make today. Yeah, you, you. I remember you reviewing that, and then we almost did it, didn't we? I think so. Yeah. Something like Was that, that the one you picked that one time, Jeremy? What the peepers saw? Yeah. I don't remember. For Italian month. Oh yeah, he did. Yeah. Was and that then the one we found out the guy out. didn't really direct oh, it. Oh yeah, that was the Bianchi movie, right? Yeah, that he kind of co-directed but didn't get credit i don't know yeah the the whole story behind that yeah apparently he just edited it and put his name on it (laughs) yeah it's something to do with it (laughs) um but yeah that's uh that's all i just wanted to kind of see you watch night of fear that's an interesting one is it a good one (laughs) i mean it's only like didn't you minutes. give it like a five or something? I gave it a six. Well, I'm not watching sixes, dude. And a half. Uh, children shouldn't play with dead things. You watch out yet, Jeremy? No. You got to start hitting the actual like popular ones or else you're not going to get to them. But I just watched I all too. the short ones. Yeah, but you got to actually watch the popular ones now. I know. Like Dr. Fibes and shit. Dr. Fibes is 
It's the sequel to Dr. Yeah, Fuck. Child's yeah. Play. Child's Play is a cool film from 1972. Damn it. There's so many, dude. Like, I'm not Brandon gonna... doesn't have that on his list. What, Child's Play? Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I didn't realize Brandon was the beyond of all fucking lists here. I mean, he has 72 movies, so, I mean... It's weird because I gave him the list with, like, almost 100 films. Maybe that I didn't have it on there at the time. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know how that one escaped. But, interesting film. So. So, yeah. All right, well, should we move it along? Yeah, let's do some... All right, man, let's, uh, let's get into some news. We'll do it live! Fuck it! Do it live! I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live! Before the news, though, I just want to give a big shout-out to the homie Josh Godalewski for becoming a brand-new Patreon supporter a couple of minutes, literally four minutes ago. Oh, shit, son. Now we're even taking exploding heads even more now. Yeah, They're even so bigger thank losers. Thank you, Josh. We appreciate it, homie. You will actually, uh, um, you know what? I'll go ahead and put you in this next contest we're doing, just because you uh, got, you know, live on the air. Eight dollars. Look at that. Yep. Now we're so, winning by a hundred and ten dollars. What the so, What the hell's an eight dollar donate? I don't even know. He gets a postcard. Is that, oh, did that's he sign a, up postcard? For a postcard. Yeah. Yay! <laughs> and we got shirts on the way too. Uh, we're working on them. We want see. We don't just fucking put anything on a on a shirt and be like, here, buy this. Like we want it to be like decent quality. Um, Will Cardinal, I think uh, him and his girl uh, hooked us up with him a pretty bitch. sweet logo. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm. Those are his uh, words, not mine, by the way. <laughs> yeah, that he actually did say that. <laughs> Finally, somebody picked a damn postcard. Yeah, that's cool. Awesome. Um, so, yeah, let's get into the yeah, news. Jeremy's like loving said. that until now he realizes he's like, fuck, now I got to go to the okay. post office. <laughs> no, I sent out people's DVD grab bags and shit, you motherfuckers. I've been doing that for four months now. Mm-hmm. You dickhead. Yeah. I, I am in I am in control of the Patreon, so you could go once again, suck a chode. Yeah. I like how the one time I'm on Patreon, I see a message come through and I respond, and Jeremy instantly messages me like, "I thought I was controlling the Patreon." Oh, authority, man! Oh, he's getting better. <laughs> it's like Jeez, I'm the Patreon authority. Well, yeah, authority. It's, it's supposed to be one of us. How the hell am I supposed to know what's going on if you're well, messaging you, you, people? Well, because you when you go to type back a message, you see that somebody already typed back a message. <laughs> <laughs> he gave you shit for it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm just like all these people asking when the fucking if we got their picks. It's like Jesus Christ. Anyway, well, you, I hope I did because you deleted them. This Speaking time. of that, was there lots of people that didn't put picks in this month? I mean, I got everybody. Did you eight, ask? The, did you ask? I'm just wondering because it's for the questions yet. Nah. Yeah. Because I mean, come the, on. I was just wondering because we just didn't have as many this month, and I, I thought maybe I don't want to maybe they got lost in translation. I don't know. Um, 
All right, so let's get into this news. I guess here. not. All right, move along. Um, so uh, have you guys watched that show on Hulu yet? Um, called Into the Dark, the, the Blumhouse is, show. Fuck is Hulu? You don't have. You don't Hulu? know what Hulu is? I'm fucking joking. Yeah, no, we don't have Hulu in Hulu. <laughs> we don't have. Do you really not? We don't have J Lo in Canada. Uh, no, we don't have Hulu. 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 Holy fuck, dude. I'm That's dragging, crazy. I, I didn't know that. Yeah, I don't know. For some, It's funny. You know, like, we have like the apps come up on our fucking players and shit and you know, we just can't access it. Stupid. stupid. Yeah. Yeah. So I, the reason I bring this up is because like I've heard that it, you know, people have kind of gave this series like I, the, like they're basically saying like it's OK, like it's cool. Nothing great. But um. It's a it's on paper it sounds awesome. Is that the anthology um, one? Yeah, it's an anthology um series where each month they release like a feature length episode. Um like it's an hour and a half, I think. And it's called Into the Dark and they they it's a 12 episode run and they do it every month and each episode it revolves around a holiday. So like in, back in October or whatever they had a Halloween one and then in December, they had a Christmas one. They had a Thanksgiving-themed one in November and New Year's Eve. And January, February was uh, Valentine's, uh, Day. Valentine's Day. Then March was St. Patrick's Day. And the next one's coming up. They announced uh, Mother's Day, Father's Day, and Fourth of July. So mm-hmm. those are the next three episodes. I have to check this out just because it, it seems really cool. What about President's Day? Are they going to do one for that? I don't know. That's an I don't awesome know. movie. I love President's Day. It's an, oh, yeah. underrated it's, an under, it's an underutilized holiday in the horror genre. Start, and the, the last episode that just came out um, was April Fool's themed, and it's called I'm Just Fucking With You. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, is it actually so, spelled W-I-T-C-H-A? No, Witcher? no it's fucking with you. <laughs> oh, fuck. That's boring. Um. So after that, I'll probably maybe we'll do that on Netflix and chill or something when we get back to that. Um, but with your girlfriend, American, yeah, American Horror Story. Um, yeah. We've never watched this, and we've yeah, we've talked about it for so long on this show, and everybody loves it. But we just I've never seen a single episode. Um, and but I know I would like it because it, it seems awesome. But I just don't have time for it. But this next one, if there's ever a time to get into it, it might be this next one. Yeah. As we know, American Horror Story is an anthology uh, TV series where each season is its own uh, arc. Uh, own, yeah, own story arc. So the next one is one that people have been begging for for a long time, I think, and it is. American Horror Story 1984. And you, you mean to tell me people just pick 84? No, oh, no, it's no. It's a slasher. I'm saying, like, people are... Well, they don't... They, they, it appears to be a slasher uh, season, but we, they don't know for sure. But everybody has been asking for, like, a summer camp slasher season. So why did they pick it right at the fucking lull of the golden age of slashers then? Why did they pick it in 1981? Right at the fucking height of slashers, man. See, I think that I prefer like. Well, eighty four was eighty four was like the end of the golden age, but it was it, it, it was, was literally, end, but it, it also it w- had like some of the coolest fucking ones, like Elm Street and Friday Four 
and you know it had it, they they got like bigger by then there's a lot there is like a ton of silent night deadly night came out in yeah 84. there's a ton in 81 but like how many generic ones that are just basic as fuck is in 81 too you know what i mean yeah so, but like, i mean it doesn't really it, it's just the simple fact that there was I well, mean, because we, I also think that it, by 84, you get the full feeling of the 80s, too. You know what I mean? Like, in, I, in 1981, know, it I still agree. kind of feels like the 70s. Yeah, I don't think the 80s really got the 80s until, like, 83. That's mm-hmm. when you really start to kind of hear, like, that real synthy and, you know, and the fucking, you know, the the clothing and shit you know the the styles and shit was really coming out at that period but yeah like any like when you watch films from 80 and 81 it definitely still feels like the 70s it really yeah. does yeah all right uh next up a but bit then again ski- pro- most of those films probably went into production at that time though too yeah that's probably sure. partly reason um we uh got an uh, another stephen king adaptation on the way so uh <laughs> Uh, published in 2006, um, Le- Leslie's Leslie's story um, is going to be done through, I guess, a TV series, eight episodes. Um, the series is described as deeply personal thriller that follows Leslie two years following the death of her husband. I don't know anything about this, but a TV series or dead? Apparently not. I guess not. But starring Julianne Moore. Um, huh. I, I like. I, I'm down with any king, you know. All, all the kings are not great. We know that, right? Um, but I always get excited when there's a new king thing, just because you know there's a lot of good ones too. You say like, did you see that Kino said that doing a new edition of Storm of the Century was a waste of time? <laughs> I was so pissed, man. <laughs> so that I mean, that's partial. I guess that's news. So I'll just say that yeah. now too. So. Kino uh, announced a while back that they were, um, you know, remastering and releasing two titles on Blu-ray uh, that were TV films. One of which was Trilogy of Terror Two, as we know, Kino recently released Trilogy of Terror One. Uh, Trilogy of Terror Two is from 1996, like, like 30 years <laughs> later uh, from the first film. But it actually one of the segments picks up right after the first film. It's actually pretty good. Like I like Trilogy of Terror too. And the second one was Storm of the Century, which is, in my opinion, one of the absolute best Stephen King adaptations. It's probably like in the like eight, nine range for me in my top 10. Uh, absolutely love it. It's underrated as hell. Not many people talk about it. And they announced the other day that, one, they were having problems with the Trilogy of Terror uh, Blu-ray because apparently they didn't get all the um, rails. rails. Um, And so they're going to have to upscale standard def, you know, transfer in between the HD stuff, which I'm fine. That's that doesn't bother me that much. You know, take what you can get with that. Um but they also announced that they're just releasing Storm of the Century on DVD because it's too expensive to do the three-hour movie on Blu-ray, I guess. Like, it didn't make sense to me. It wasn't worth their time. Yeah, I'm like, yes. <laughs> I don't get it, man. Kino must be doing really well for themselves. They released like a million things. They can't put the money into that. Dude, it makes me so mad. I don't like, get I'm it. just like, give it to somebody else then. If you're not going to release it, like, let Scream Factory pick it up or something. That's you know? No, Why Bogart the rights? Who the fuck is side grading? Side DVD what? 
side grading, man. DVD to DVD. Are you fucking kidding? Yeah, well, they're fucking... They're like, we're going to port over the features from the previous release, like... And yeah, I'm just it's like, It's a fucking why? side grade. Nobody wants to do that shit. I'm just like, there's no point. Like, I'm not... Bu- why would I buy another version of Storm of the Century on fucking DVD? Exactly. Mm-hmm. It's called side grade. Nobody fucking does Pisses that Pisses me shit. off, man. I love that movie, too. I, that was one, a release that I was actually excited for. I was going to buy it day one. Well, I'm going to buy the DVD because I don't even own it, so fuck. <laughs> <laughs> you could get the Echo Bridge. I got one. the shitty Echo Bridge, so maybe I would buy it, but, like, I'm pissed. That sucks, man. Anyway, yeah. moving on from that bowl. Bullshit. Um, oh, Sus- bull crap. Suspiria remake writer. Are you reviewing that this week, Moods, or next week? Yeah, I'm talking about it tonight. Okay, I'm, I was, I've been waiting because I'm actually curious on what you think. Um, uh, stay tuned for Moods' review of Suspiria after the break. <laughs> Always <laughs> wanted to do 22 shots time. Um, so uh, he's adapting a cannibal, a coming of age cannibal novel called Bones and All. Uh, the story follows a 16 year old uh, Marin yearly on a cross country as she searches through uh, dark, unseen corners of America to find her father. She's never met an attempt to understand why she has killed a series of friends and acquaintances and why she will kill again. Sounds like raw or something, but yeah. So nobody talks about raw anymore. Yeah, well, we kind well, of came like, in, came in yeah. worse. Huh. Yeah, I'm, so always, I'm always down with those type of cannibal films. So yeah, yeah. I'll check it. Uh, out. After that, um, Art the Clown lives on because <laughs> uh, the the David Howard Thornton, who is the actor who plays Art, I think. Um, he basically said that, you know, Terrifier 2 is on its way and they actually even have a script for the third film. Yeah, I think they said they were penning part three right now. Jeez, are they going to be knocking these out now and they're going to ruin it? Dude, no, I'm down. I'm 100% down because here's the thing. Like, we we reviewed it. It was like... Theoretically, they can get better than the... Terri- yeah, terrifi- it was it's not good. like the first one was so fucking good that it's like they're going to taint the legacy. Like, there is much more room for improvement. Like, it was a great first film. A lot of fun, you know, uh, creepy at times, but it was you know, kind of hollow in the plot. You can definitely go places with this. So, I mean, I'm down. I'm 100% down because what I got with the tease of, of the first film, you know, it was exciting, but it left more to be desired. So, I think the sequels are the way to go on this, man. Plus, it was a big it almost. It almost made a jump to the mainstream. It was like close. Yeah, yeah. I was like hearing like normal people talking about it. Yeah, I think yeah. it kind of did. To be honest, there's merch everywhere, yeah. and it just it got out there, man. It definitely did. Well, shit. I've been talking about that mofo since 2013. So I mean, fuck if, you guys. I mean, if you're gonna get that character out there, man, and fucking there's a little bit of a buzz, you might as well might as well do man. the two and three read away while the buzz is gone. So I've been saying Art the Clown's cool for fucking six years. Screw you guys. Yeah. It's true. Go back to listen to the top ten show of twenty thirteen. I was repping that shit. Yeah, yeah, I still haven't seen that. All Hallows Eve. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean the Art the Clown segment obviously is the, the highlight of that. Yeah. yeah. Uh so after that, um we have 
a remake of 1964's I Eat Your Skin, uh, which is currently uh, seeking um, international sales for VOD. Uh, but it's actually finished, so... Um, oh, I, th- I thought you were going to say, and they're also remaking I Drink Your Blood, and they're going to show it as a Grindhouse double feature. It, <laughs> honestly, it looks pretty shitty from the cover. It has Sonny Leon in it, who is a Bollywood actress. I thought she was a porn star. Well, there's probably another one. <laughs> hmm. Such a popular porn name, Sonny. Probably. I eat your skin remake. Wow. Wasn't there a WWE character named Sunny who did porn? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. She did. She, uh, she did a couple scenes. Yeah, when she got all fat though. Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. I guess we know Moods have watched them. Oh, I had to. I found out about that like I think last year, and I was like, "Fuck, I gotta see this shit, man." Because I've seen her in person a couple times watching wrestling and shit, and she was hotter than shit. And then yeah. she got old and fucking fat. Dude. Well, she got all coked out and. Yeah, all drugged up and shit. And she ballooned. It's pretty mm-hmm. funny, man. I think it was called Sunny Side Up. Was the porno? Yeah, name. Sunny Side Up. It was. That's a good <laughs> name. Uh, I still think porno a night investments. in China is a pretty good name too. Yeah, night, night in China. China. <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah, these porn people are fucking uh, pretty good at that. Oh my god! Remember, remember Jeremy at uh, Wasteland the fucking the porn parody. Booth, Booth. yeah, <laughs> there was like hundreds of porn parodies, literally hundreds. It was fucking crazy. I've never Adward penis hands is the most That's famous. The best. I still think <laughs> the funniest name of all time is Beetlejism. Fuck, that makes me laugh, man. Stupid. <laughs> Speaking of Beetlejism, um, I saw this earlier, I don't have it up in front of me, but apparently. Tim Burton said uh, the Beetlejuice 2 has been put on the back burner. Probably not going to happen. Good, because Dumbo was fucking trash. Fuck off. Seriously? It was awful. Oh, did you expect Dumbo to be good? Well, JP was like, I heard people say it was good. I I did. It was was trash. But it's fucking Dumbo. What happened to Tim Burton making adult films? Like, what the fuck is going on? He hasn't made an adult film since fucking Sweeney Todd, and that shit was 14 years ago. What the hell's going on? Yeah, I don't know. What all has Tim Burton done? Batman, Batman. Batman, Edward, Big Fish, Edward Scissorhands, Nightmare Before Christmas, Frankenweenie. So he didn't really make that many adult films is what you're saying. I mean, at the start of his career, he made adult films. Like what? Edward Scissorhands. <laughs> like, how condescending was that? It's not really that much of an adult film, though. It's like a love romance, like yeah, but a lot a, of teens. But like it's that. also not just for kids, though. Well, it's not a kids' film, but I don't. I wouldn't necessarily say it's like an adult film either. Okay, not fucking Alice in Wonderland and Dumbo. What about Nightmare Before Christmas, Frank and We? I mean, he uh-huh. was responsible for Mars Attacks, though, too. Mars Attacks. <laughs> And yeah, he, did, has, uh, a weird, he has a weird you know. film career. Beetlejuice, would you say Beetlejuice is adult? No, but it's no. not, once again, it's not Dumbo or Alice in Wonderland. What about Planet of the Apes? That's adult. Yeah. Didn't he do Planet of the Apes? Pee-wee's, yeah. Pee-wee's big, Pee-wee, man. Pee-wee's that, big adventure. That was yeah. fucking adult, That's man. not adult. 
Yes, it is. A kid you a show. That shit is totally not for kids, man. It wasn't Dude, a kid no, show when it no, started, a, you dumbass. No adult in their right mind would fucking care about it. Was, it wasn't a kid show when it started, you idiot. Yeah, it was. No, it wasn't. What was it then? Watch the fucking Pee Wee Live at the Roxy, bro. I don't believe you. It was not in a kid show. It was an adult show. Bullshit. Okay, don't believe me. It, it, was, mar- so it, was, mar- it was marketed for kids, but it was completely for adults. I mean, come on. You watched it. It was. Why are you saying that I don't know the one character that I know fucking shit about? Oh, he did Sleepy Hollow. What about Sleepy Hollow? Yeah, he did Sleepy Hollow. I've never seen that. That movie has a lot of head decapitations in it. Let's do a Tim Burton retrospect. Tim Burton's Seven. one of those guys that did movies. Early part of his career was so much better, man. Oh. What's Tim Burton's best movie? Ed Wood. It's probably his best. My favorite is Beetlejuice, hands down. I hands down. Beetlejuice. Well, I, I, I can watch though. Beetlejuice every single day for the rest. I love that. I movie. fucking love Beetlejuice. It's so fucking fun, man. Dude, Ed Wood is so good. Ed Wood is a haven't... great movie. I haven't watched Beetlejuice in so long, but I did recently pick it up on Blue a couple months ago. So I should check it out. I watch Beetlejuice every October. Well, I watch it throughout the year, though, too, but yeah. What about Beetlejism? <laughs> you know, as much as I joke about that title, I've never actually seen Beetlejism. Big Fish might be his best movie. Maybe. It's a toss-up. Yeah, and then he did, like, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory was such a terrible trash. remake. Yeah, Fuck, trash. it was bad. Alice in Wonderland he was He definitely fucking, has some huge misses in there. Was fucking terrible. He did... Those are bad remakes, man. Although, yeah. I, I, will, I will defend Sweeney Todd, though. I actually like that remake. I think that's a good one. Frank and Weenie's awesome. It's old school animation frankenweenie isn't bad yeah he remade like his own movie yeah he went on this whole thing of just redoing shit you know i yeah I, he still I, is i can't say have you guys seen dark shadows no. yeah i forgot about that one too. i never i never seen dark shadows man i haven't seen it i saw it in the theater like i, I literally haven't even seen the tv series before oh yeah dude i was just like looking at johnny depp's filmography I didn't know that John Waters directed Crybaby. Yeah. yeah you didn't know that? No, I don't think. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty cool. I like that movie. That was in like his normal days. Sort of. Yeah. I don't think John Waters I don't think he had any had normal days. days. <laughs> well, that's probably like his most normal movie. Hmm. He did Serial Mom right after. Mm. Yeah. Fuck that movie's awesome. Man, I need to see some John Waters movies. I haven't seen any of these. Well, start start with Pink, Lefingo, Pink yeah. fl- Flamingos. That's 72. Oh, fuck, I can't talk right Maybe now. Maybe I'll watch it for 72. Even Pink Flamingos is 72? Yeah. That movie that has some gate. I took my mom to see that movie. Is it really yeah. that old? Yeah. Damn, dude. Oh, yeah, I guess yeah. it was right part of that fucking Midnight. See, Pink, uh, Pink Flamingos was fine Midnight until Grace. that guy fucking get on his back and he has a gaping asshole and that's just like yeah i know <laughs> it's my favorite he has part. to do that that might be my favorite scene in cinema history it's pretty awesome I that. it's literally a gaping <laughs> asshole so you're saying his movies aren't good no yeah they're not good they're not no he's, they're he's trashy in, he's infamous for being like you pu- pushing the fucking envelope man yeah doesn't mean they're good multiple maniacs I've seen a lot of his, at least a lot of the Defined stuff. See, I respect John Waters, man, because he was that guy that was like, I'm going to do my own shit independently, fuck the censors, 
You know, fuck all. I this like bullshit. hearing him talk too. He he he's interesting to listen to. Dude, his stand up is really fucking good, man. Wait, he's a, he does stand up. Like, does specials and shit. He tells like Kevin Smith. He's fucking That's, yeah. He, oh, I he, love he's those pretty, Kevin He's pretty Smith much things, a goddamn dude. comedian. He's funny as hell, man. Dude, those Kevin Smith things fucking kill me. I love those stories. Those the the evenings with Kevin Smith. There, I I fucking love those. Dude, things. dude, the, there's like thousands, hundreds of thousands of hours on his fucking website. Dude, the fucking Batman stories really? to this day is yeah, still the best he has, story he ever does told. Like 10 po- he does like 10 podcasts. <clears throat> the Batman story is still the best story of all time. That shit fucking kills <laughs> me, man. <laughs> yeah, it was funny. Huh? No, it was Superman. Or Superman. I say Batman because I'm fucking <laughs> yeah. looking at Batman. That's why I'm saying he, that shit. He does a show called <clears throat> When Jay and Silent Bob Gets Old, and it's just like yeah, him yeah. and Jason Mewes sitting around like oh, talking. The Superman story. I plan oh on God. going through his filmography this year. Maybe I'll do it in our summer break. Um, because it's been a while. But anyway, are let's we, move on with. This are we news still here. on the news? Yeah. Um, Vera Formiga teases the Conjuring Three. Um, basically saying it's gonna be um, about a man on trial for a murder who claims he was possessed by a demon. Uh, scheduled for September eleventh, twenty twenty. Uh, I'm pretty excited. She said this next one's going to be massive. I love, I love, I love the Conjuring. Yeah, but they books. also it also came out that it said James Wan won't be making another Conjuring movie. Yeah, which is fine. I mean, he doesn't have to do the directing. Um, but I mean, Insidious went pretty good without him. Uh, but yeah, I, I mean, I, I mean, hell, we got another Conjuring film coming out this week, and um, one in June. <laughs> What's in June? Annabelle three. Oh, shit, yeah, that's cool. And then there, there's uh, there was rumblings that the Nun two is yeah. happening, but I didn't see it. I didn't see it on like Bloody Disgusting, which is usually where I go. Um, so I didn't yeah. really like look into it to see if it's true or not. Um, but yeah, uh, I'm down with Conjuring three. They're big fun movies. Um, I love Conjuring two. That movie's awesome. Yeah. I know you don't like it, Moods, but I like it. Yeah. They're like the poltergeist of this generation, man. They really are. Um, after that, Rob Zombie says so that... Spielberg a- directed those ones, too? <laughs> no. You know Hooper directed that, dude. <laughs> I just gotta uh, say it every time. You, so, uh, Rob Zombie gave a little bit of um, an update on Three from Hell... Uh, he says he literally just finished it, uh, it two days ago, um, and I think the editing maybe. Uh, and then he said, "I don't know for sure when it'll be released in in the early fall, September vicinity." So sounds That's when good. Devil's Rejects came out, I think September. Yeah. Plus, I mean, I think that most of his films come out around fall time, which yeah. is good for me. Like that's good. Like late September, mm. I think even didn't fucking he does, like, it pur- he does it purposely, man. That's the season, man. You know, yeah. it's when you want to drop shit. Uh, finally, um, Intervision announced this new title here called Masked Mutilator, um, which apparently is mm. a wrestling themed slasher that went into production in 1944 um, and got shelved and then they picked back up production in 1996 um, and they 
this is fucking funny. Um, they stopped again. Sounds like dangerous men. Just recently finished using a rewrite to include modern day bookends featuring the film's original star. That sounds like dangerous men, man. This sounds fucking awesome. <laughs> so dude. they, so this guy is like twenty five years older. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Well, have you ever seen Dangerous Men moods? Dude, I said that in the fucking chat the other day. I was like, I need to pick that up, man. Because yeah. I, I wanted to see it forever, man. No. It's horrible. Like, it, yeah. he, he made it in 1979, and he never finished it. And then in 2005, he finished it. It's that's, like, it's such a weird movie. That's awesome. That's awesome. I believe yeah. he said that um, they were 80% finished with the film back in the 90s. So... Another twenty percent of the film was kind of so twenty percent. He's going to be twenty five years older. <laughs> this funny. is awesome. I can, I it comes wait. out May fourteenth from Intervision. <clears throat> I'm definitely picking I, that up. Just I for cannot wait. Pure man. oddity's sake. I try to pick up everything that uh, Intervision slash Severn releases. So yeah, the, yeah, I had a lot of fun with the on the seventh door that they did last year. Oh, yeah, that, that was good. Yeah, that was that's a. Uh, definitely a hidden canadian gem right there isn't it yeah because wow. it's like a similar situation not yeah. that they had to redo it but it was like lost or something mm-hmm. or like not released forever um i love that but anyway that is the news that's everything that i saw this week okay wow that was an you guys important. watch that uh jason versus michael myers fan film that's been no i didn't I, won't I was lie. like a I fan of never, it, but yeah, I generally don't watch fan films. I don't know. But it, just, had, it, it had like one and a half million views. So like, like, I'm not. I don't like the idea of Jason and Michael together anyway. Yeah. So I never really was interested in that. Yeah, it's pretty low budget. Obviously, I I wasn't a fan of it. But how long was it? Half an hour. You yeah. watched the whole fucking thing? Yeah. Jeez. Kept your attention for thirty minutes. That's well, why I didn't like, watch any 72 movies this you week. You motherfucker. What? I did watch 72 movie this week. I watched uh, The Color One. And I watched... Andy's Racist. The Victim. I watched that. Mm-hmm. I watched stuff. Fuck you, man. <laughs> why are you still making you had all fun this of me? Time. You had all this time off, huh? Why are you still You're making right, fun man. of me when I fucking have watched shit? Fucking guy's not even employed and he's not even watching movies. Fucking crazy. I know, right? Like he's sitting guy. there home alone, twiddling his damn thumbs, not watching 72 movies. Fucking just Kevin McAllister in it up, ordering cheese uh, pizzas and shit. Yeah. <laughs> you seem like a cheese pizza kind of guy. <laughs> oh, man. That's fucking awesome. All right, well... <laughs> I guess we should probably. (laughs) I guess we should probably move this along, and uh, get into some Bob box office brawl. Uh, Let's get ready to rumble! All right, box office brawl. So let's pull up. We forgot Hellboy. Damn it! Should we predict for even knowing Thursday? Let's do it. No. It'll give us a chance to earn a point. It's not even fucking fair. You guys know and I don't. No, I have we'll no tell clue you. how it did. No, it will tell you how it did. Okay. Let's pick it. This will be the first time we get a chance to see a preview almost. Because it's well, Thursday right now where we're recording. It fucking sucks. Make a chode, so. All right. Oh, man. 
I, I need every point I can get. I saw it today. It, it's it's got to have like a major wide release, right? Like how many cinemas? Uh, it just seems like it would. Thirty three hundred. Mm-hmm. Okay, so first of all, um, sounds about right. Hellboy, thirty three hundred cinemas. What did it make? Well, let's actually do this first. We got to go over Pet Cemetery. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Pet Cemetery, you guys went super high on that. So this is my fucking segment. What the hell? Okay, go ahead. No, go ahead. <laughs> oh, he fucking! It's Patreon all over again. <laughs> you guys, you guys went super high on that. Um, oh come on! You, you cannot blame us for going really high on it, considering you know how well King adaptations have been doing. I didn't even go that fucking high, dude. Fuck you. Moods went high. Hey man, I took a stab in the dark, man. You know, I went thirty-two. He went forty-two. So fuck you. I didn't go that high. What did it end up actually making, by the way? Twenty-four. Know. See, now that is fucking crazy. I mean, it kind of makes sense, but. Oops. Yeah, so it made 24, uh, meaning that I get a point uh, versus moods. Jeremy gets a point versus moods. That's a bad one. And I get a point versus Jeremy. Colored me wrong. Bad week. Bad week. Um, So the totals right now, uh, I. Pulled ahead of moods again, thank God. Uh, four three, Jeremy is one ahead of me. Four three, and then Jeremy is one ahead of moods. Four three, so Jeremy is like in the lead right now. Ooh. He's trying to become box office bra champion of 2019, but I don't think that's possible. You know what? I have to be a winner at least once. If you say so. Okay, so Hellboy did raise 1.38 million in Thursday previews, which is pretty good. Not really. One point no. three in Thursday's good. That's not that good. I mean, well, shit doesn't really make money on Thursday, though, right? I mean, it's a. But isn't pretty... Thursday reflective of kind of like how Friday's going to do, though? Kind of. I already know this movie's going to tank. So. All right. So then, um, who goes first? I'll go fifteen you. million. So you're saying 15 million for Hellboy, knowing knowing the Thursday. Yep. Well, I fucking shit the bed, so I'm last. Damn it. <laughs> um, I'm gonna say 15.5. Yeah, I'll say 15.5. Well, I'm going 14.9. No, I think you're going to lose that. I think it's going to make more, not less. I think it is going to. What did you say, Moots? 14.9? I don't think it's going to do well at all. Well, it's I ne- fucking I never, awesome. I never thought it was going to in the first place, so this Thursday info is not really affecting my my numbers too drastically here. I guess we'll see. I guess we'll see. Funnier things have happened, right? Yeah. All right, so that's Hellboy. Uh, and we also have one other film coming out um, next week, which is a Conjuring film, technically. Yep. What is it called, Jeremy? The Curse of La Llorona. Yeah. Yeah, buddy. It wasn't supposed to be a Conjuring film until like a month ago. Well, it was, but it was like a hidden Conjuring film. The Curse of yeah. La Llorona. It just sounds like a movie... 
a boat. It's like a, it's just it's it looks like, like a regular movie. like Conjuring Insidious type. Yeah, yeah. I saw I saw the trailer. At least it's rated R. Yeah. Honestly, I thought the trailer looked like shit, but well, I, I thought like, it, it looked about see. I'm different from you guys. I love these type of movies, like the the jump scare, like creepy movies, like even Annabelle two and stuff. Like I I, I really like those things. So um, these movies usually go over well with me, honestly. Um, but I could it, it does look a little bit more generic than typically we see. Like I love the Nun. You guys hated it. Um, I didn't hate it. Well, you guys did. Well, I wouldn't say hate. That's a pretty strong word. I didn't care for it. Yeah. It's not a bad movie, though. That's good atmosphere. So since we don't know who's going to win this, uh, Hellboy, we'll just go with uh, Jeremy first again. (laughs) Yep. 21.5. Really? You think it's going to do that good? what i say really Mm. what do you say moods why the fuck do i have to go second (laughs) um all right i'll go is it what's it opening against is it opening against anything and i should get bonus points that i'm winning because i always go fucking first too so fuck you you don't go you we've been no this season we've been going there is a rhythm here i just went first twice so fuck you well, unfortunately, that's just the way it worked out this week. Doing two films, it's, you know, it's out of the uh, norm. I'm going to say 20. <sighs> that's what I was going to say. Fucker. <laughs> well, that sucks. Um, I don't know. Over or under, that's the... That's the I know, now I'm kind of torn because I don't... I was thinking 20... Uh, I guess I'll go with 19. You fuck. I'm in a shitty spot. Yeah, you, know, you have to be pretty right on to win. You, yeah. know, you know, to be honest, you know, to be honest, I think, I know this sounds weird and kind of superficial and stuff, but I think that the title alone is going to hurt it. Yeah, it's probably. Not, it, it's not, it's not memorable. It's super forgettable. You know, and I don't think a lot of people realize that this is attached to the the conjuring the conjuring universe and stuff. And I think it's my, I think it's gonna hurt it, man. My range is so small; it has to be. I have to get nineteen. I have nineteen point six to twenty. What twenty one point? Hey, man, you could be right on four nine 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 nine. No twenty twenty point like seven or something. <laughs> This sucks. <laughs> Damn it. it well, it, if it's under 20, I at least get a point on Jeremy, which is pretty important because I am losing to him. That's true. That's what counts. All right. And then we don't have anything else until May, I believe. Yeah, the intruder. Which I don't even know what that is. It's when's Dennis Ma- Quaid. when's Ma come out? Uh, May 30th against Godzilla. <laughs> okay, that should be a fun week. Okay, so that's uh, Box Office Brawl. I am the devil, and I am here to do the devil's work. They will say that I have shed innocent blood. What's blood for? 
if not for shedding. I like to dissect girls. Did you know I'm utterly insane? Have you checked the children? children? Children. What do we do? Why don't we just wait here for a little while? See what happens. Oh yeah, moving along into the what we watch portion, the dub dub dub. Yeah. Who wants to start us off yeah, this week? Buddy. Uh Jeremy? <laughs> I fucking hate you. I don't have it. I don't have uh, my films up. Right, I'll go first. <laughs> Let's talk about a pretty much lost film from the nineties. Released pretty recently by Massacre Video, given to me by my good friend Mikey Fisher. Once again, a piece of fucking donkey shit fucking movie, Night of the Dribbler from 1990. No, it was released Uh, by Code Red. Oh, Code Red? Yeah. I thought it was Massacre Video. They usually release shitty movies like this, (laughs) but I guess Code Red does too. All right. Night of the Dribbler, it's like not the worst movie i've had to watch from mikey fisher like i've watched a lot of bad movies but it's like it's a pretty like forgettable movie but it like it it, it follows like this basketball player who's like like me uh, uh, like not athletic and nerdy and a loser and um he's trying to get on the team he's been like stacy king like a bench warmer and he's never like done anything and one day uh the players on his team are getting picked off one by one by this guy wearing this basketball mask. And as each murder starts to happen, uh, you know, this guy starts to become more, uh, more positive in, uh, his chances of finally being able to play the game and, uh, catch the killer at the same time. And that's basically the, uh, the plot of good old night of the dribbler. Um, the transfer I watched, uh, of course, is not very good because the movie pretty much was lost for 25, 30 years. And then it was, you know, of course, uh, resurrected in this release, I guess, from Code Red. The kills aren't that good. They're pretty shitty. It's your typical early 90s slasher movie um it's really really low budget clearly made for the uh video store and uh it's not good like i said it's not like oh my god it's not like i'm gonna cut my eyeballs out and go take a shit on my copy in the toilet but it's not like it's something that you're gonna pop on and be like "Hmm, i think i want to watch night of the dribbler again but um i give it a Two and a half out of ten. Wow, you're being generous, man. You don't like it? Oh, it's fucking terrible. <laughs> it's so bad. Yeah. Like, it's right. it's pretty much a comedy. Yeah. But that isn't funny. <laughs> At least it's watchable. He usually gives me movies that aren't even watchable. Oh, yeah. So. You know, it's definitely not. Yeah, it's not like the other shit you're getting for sure. But, yeah. Man, it's bad. But like I said, it's it, it makes sense why it was never released. So I think I even said that once that that was the worst Code Red movie that I that I owned. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> um. All right. So uh, let's do a seventy-two one. Um. This one. Uh. I just. I don't know. The title. All. I've always liked the title, but I always knew that this movie wasn't like 
anything super great or anything, but I figured since it was 72, I'd finally get around to checking it out. Uh, and that is three on a meat hook. <clears throat> uh, this is a film that I, is does it have a DVD? No, no. I know it's like popular in the VHS circles. Cause I always see it posted everywhere. Yeah. Like there's one guy who has like 30 copies of it. Like he has a whole shelf full of, no, that dude, that dude has like <clears throat> close to 200 copies of it. Oh, jeez. So you know the guy I'm talking about then. Yeah. I know who you're talking about. It's ridiculous. Too. <laughs> <laughs> like, why that movie of all movies, right? Right. Yeah. <clears throat> That's funny. Um, directed by William Girdler. William Girdler, who did Grizzly from 76, as well as Sheba Baby and Abby. So a couple of Pam Greer works, Day of the Animals as well. So he's did some cool stuff. Yeah, those are all good movies. Yeah. Pam Greer's in Sheba Baby, right? Yep. And Abby's that uh, Carrie ripoff, right? Yeah, the black exploitation. Oh, actually, no. Doesn't have a release, right? 74. So that would be before Carrie. <clears throat> Yeah, it's more like a, it's more like a exorcist type ripoff. Oh, uh, exorcist ripoff. That's what I was thinking of. Yeah. Okay. Um. So three on a meat hook. Um. First of all, I watched this on Tubi TV. Do you guys know what that is? Yes. Yeah. I do. Actually, pretty solid. There was a handful of seventy-two films on there for free. Tubi is a free. Oh, you know what's crazy? So I was telling Carly that I watched this on Tubi TV, and she was like, oh, that's funny. I just listened to, like, episode 90-something, and you mentioned that you brought Tubi TV up as, like, a press release. Like, I think I had, like, a press release for it or something, and I was like, there's this new streaming service called, like, Tubi TV. It's free, blah, blah, or something like that. So it's kind of funny that I didn't even remember doing that because I was like, I, I found this new thing called Tubi, Carly. It has some 72 movies on it. Either She's did like, I, You literally talked about that before. <laughs> <laughs> um, did you watch it on your computer no i have an app on the xbox oh okay yeah because i got the app on my one of my all region players it's like okay tv tv's right there next to netflix it's kind of nice yeah it's it's not bad you know but yeah. the, the transfer for this was not that great which i guess since it doesn't even have a dvd it makes sense yeah yeah um but the vinegar syndrome kind of movie yeah it is actually that'd be kind of a cool one for sure it is yeah yeah Totally, definitely. Uh, but anyway, it follows um, a couple of girls who are on a weekend trip. They have car problems. A local young dude named Billy picks them up, takes them back to his house. Um, I think he was he was somewhere else. Like he I, he was in another. I don't know if he was like in a hospital or something. He was, or he was. With, I think that he was with his uncle or something. Um, and he just came back to town, and. Uh, they, you know, hang out and stuff. And then later that night, uh, the girls are, you know, going to stay the night or whatever. And basically Frank, who is Billy's father, like murders them all. And then he basically pins the crimes on his son by essentially saying like, this is look like you did it again. Damn it. You know what I mean? Like. Um, I think his mom, his mom died mysteriously, and it was blamed on him as well. So basically, the father's like completely tricking this kid into thinking that he's going insane, a la like Norman Bates style, and killing these people at 
like kind of losing his mind and killing him and then waking up and not realizing what he did. Um, <clears throat> and then, uh, yeah, you could probably guess where it kind of goes after that. I- I'll say that he starts being interested in like a girl. He's like, no, I'm not going to kill her, dad. I swear I like this one or whatever. He's like, yo, kill her. And uh, of course, we know as an audience that he's not doing the killing. So, um, the, the the biggest problem with this film, honestly, like it opens up strong enough. Like there's some murders and stuff at, at the beginning. The middle is so fucking boring. It's just this guy hanging out with this chick for like a huge chunk of the middle of the film. It only runs 85 minutes. Uh, and then there's like it kind of wraps up in the end and is exciting again. It's just the long like 40 minute middle is just boring. Um, but it it wasn't that bad. I was expecting worse. And and there's kind of a it reminded me of like a mix between like Chainsaw and Psycho, which oddly enough, both of those films were influenced by Ed Gein. And apparently, according to what I'm reading here, this one was as well. So it seems like Chainsaw before Chainsaw. You know, the seventy-two. 72. Or as Joe Pop says, one of the best redneck movies ever made. What Chainsaw? That's what he said. It is. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it, it, it's. I enjoyed it. I didn't think it was that good. I gave it a five out of ten. I haven't watched it in years. Yeah. It's probably not worth like like if I was Jeremy, I wouldn't watch this one for. Um. Yeah, I, I don't. 72 but it's not going to make anybody's list but it, it needs a release like I, I think a n- nice like pretty vinegar syndrome transfer would fucking make this movie so much more enjoyable mm-hmm. okay yeah uh, first up tonight here is a patreon pick from the homeboy Dave aka Mr. Paca and I can only start to think why he picked this movie for me out of all people in the world. He had to pick this movie, but a flick from 1990 called blood games. Now it's not exactly a horror film. It's more of a revenge thriller type deal. Uh, I'd never seen this one before. And I think that's why he gave it to me because he obviously wanted to know my thoughts on this one, but it is uh, basically about this, like, it's about this girl's baseball team. You know, a bunch of girls, like, really, really sexy girls who are facing off against this beer-drinking, total 100% redneck baseball team. Um, I have no idea why these two teams are <laughs> completely facing off, but the thing is, the coaches have a bet going. Uh, they have a $1,000 bet. Now, the redneck coaches bet the girls' coach that, you know, they're going to take him out. And, uh, of course, the girls end up winning this baseball game. And the rednecks are super fucking pissed off. So, you know, he doesn't want to pay the girl team, the girls' team. And so they kind of, they you know, they goes to Buddy's bar there, you know, kind of confronts him and shit. And a bunch of things go down uh, where the rednecks actually try to, you know, hit on these girls and a bunch of things go down one thing leads to another and uh the um the rednecks coach's son ends up getting killed um so of course he just you know we got to get revenge against these girls and what he doesn't know is that you know his guys actually are the ones that completely started this shit and 
didn't matter. His son was dead in the end. And now these women have taken off into the mountains. They end up breaking down. The rednecks catch up with them. And then it's just a fucking... It's one of those deals where the rednecks... They're, they catch these girls in the, in the in the bushes. You know, they beat them, rape them, and shit like that. And it turns into a revenge film. Um... <laughs> It is like one of the fucking cheesiest rape revenge type movies I've seen in so fucking long. It's ridiculous. Right from the start of this film, just the filmmaking, just the editing in the baseball game had me fucking rolling, man. The acting was out to lunch. The outfits were absolutely ridiculous. Like, who the hell is going to play baseball in booty shorts? And it just, it was killing me, man. It was one of those type of games where anything goes. These guys are just stereotypical rednecks drinking beer. As the girls run around, they're pinched. They're getting their asses pinched and shit like that. It's it's that type of movie and stuff. But the best thing, man, is the coach of the Rednecks. This guy, the leader of the team, is this might be the funniest acting performance I've ever seen by somebody in a film. Everything that he spits is just it's floor dropping. I was bawling the entire time I was watching this film, and I think that's why Dave got me to watch it. I swear, because of this this performance alone, it was absolutely hilarious. Unfortunately enough, I wa- I had to watch this movie on on YouTube, and I realized right away that there was shit that was cut in the version that was uploaded to YouTube, and so I kind of dug a little deeper, and yeah, sure enough, someone had cut out the nudity in the film. There's scenes where the guys are checking out these chicks in the showers and shit, and there's nudity. I didn't get to see it, unfortunately. It kind of sucks, because the girls were pretty damn hot and stuff, but all in all, it's... It's kind of lighthearted for a rape revenge type thriller, you know, film. I mean, really, there's not a lot of like hardcore things going on and stuff like that. But overall, it's one of those films where it's kind of so bad. It's definitely worth checking out, especially if you like this type, this type of genre, rape revenge and these type of thriller type films. It's definitely worth checking out for the laughs because honestly, performances were fucking hilarious, man. Uh, six and a half out of ten. I had a blast watching this. It was actually pretty damn fun. So, Blood Games from 1990. I don't know where the hell this movie even came from. I never even heard of it. And it's not very often someone gives me a pick where I've never even heard of the damn movie. But shit, man, this thing was funny as hell. I believe it doesn't have any type of release except for VHS and stuff. And all the copies I could find were, like, cut. So, I, I don't really know what's up with that. But, uh, kind of fun. Kind of fun. It mixes... Two things I really enjoy. I love baseball and I love rape revenge movies. And I, 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 I guess three things because it, it brought the cheese level to an all-time high. It's just scene after scene of ridiculousness. It's so fucking funny to watch, man. Blood Games, check it out. Kind of fun. All right. Next up for me, I want to talk about Gaspar Noe's new film, Climax, from 2019. So. Nice. Did you it's watch been, it again? Yeah. I wanted to, I actually almost went to the theater and saw it again before it left. I bought the arrow. Yeah, I know you did. But um so this is Mr. No's sixth film. And uh this is his first movie since Love, which came out four years ago. It's probably really? his worst film. Well. Probably his worst film, but um he went from one of his worst movies to one of his best films with the climax. And um, film starts out with uh, these 
interviews interviews the beginning of the movie is a lot of dialogue a lot of like interviews and and dialogue between the characters as we get to know them and it's basically about these group of dancers who one night go away to a building to rehearse a dance number of the school that they got in i think it's a school it's it's some sort of dance uh group and they decide to go and practice one night uh, one on this winter night in this in this empty building, mm-hmm. and the film, uh, like I said, opens up with uh, like an interview kind of section. As uh, it's basically just. Let me uh, ask you this real quick. So, um, did that interview section like reveal anything, or like shed some light on anything? Does does it because like um but does so the 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 interviews don't really shed light on any any you know because you don't really know the characters until like halfway through the film and Mm -hmm. by then i forgot all the stuff they were saying at the beginning well like i said it's a very interesting way to start the film because it's like he 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 does the same shit where he has the credits in the beginning of the movie kind of does like an irreversible kind of thing where he like does every he gets everything out of the way so the rest of the film is this you know a, a straightforward and even at the end there's no credits or anything it just it ends and that's the end of it but like i said it starts with like these interviews with all these different people and all these characters that we're going to know and they're different personalities and we learn you know one of them are you know uh brother and sister you know a couple of them are gay and uh in a relationship some of them are bi and some of them are lesbian some of them you know they're all different kind of uh individuals and then as the film ends that section it picks up at the school with this just absolutely amazing choreographed dance number um that's just it's it's amazing it's one of the best uh dance numbers that you'll see in a movie of the last you know 10 years probably it's done so well and the cinematography is amazing throughout this entire movie and it especially shines during this dance number uh the camera loves to uh show pretty much move 360 degrees around these characters it moves and from- it also feels like like one thing that i really noticed about it is the editing just like you don't notice the editing it just mm-hmm. feels like just one like the whole movie just feels like one long one straight take you know what mm-hmm. i mean um there of course is editing but it's yeah. just it's done so creatively to where you just feel like and it doesn't let up so it just feels like it's one long take and it's it feels like it's almost in real time at a certain point but it's not but it feels like it is almost mm-hmm. y'all's jaws getting sore or what oh dude hey, you guys are blowing the shit out of this one listen i didn't, I didn't like movie. it i didn't i wasn't like in love with it when i first walked out of it i was like oh that was cool but the more i thought about it like it really did go high up on my list because the more i thought about all the cool shit in it and it, i think that one of the biggest issues i had with it and it's not really an issue it's just while i was watching it i didn't know what it was about like forever like and then you don't really get what's going on until the very like, oh end is of the this movie. suicide club all over again or the no creator? no, no <laughs> it's, even, it's more it's pretty simple it's just i didn't know what kind of movie it was i didn't oh, know what it was about i didn't know anything about it so i'm like the first you know 30 minutes of it is literally interviews and dancing it looks cool yeah. it's awesome it gets you into the movie um and it's actually pretty memorable like he was saying it's a really good 
because they do a couple of dance numbers and like even somebody who like i'm not overly interested in dance or anything but it is like liar eye candy like it looks really fucking cool Mm-hmm. And like I said, as you 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 learn about the characters in that opening number. You learn, you know, uh, who maybe is the 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 strong person in this group, and who ultimately ends up doing the thing, which is uh, somebody laces the sangria. Oh, that dude, all these... that's a huge spoiler. No, man. it's not. It's on the back of the cover. It's on Letterbox. It's a description on IMDb. It's not. It's not a spoiler. It's really? it's the okay. plot. I mean, I guess, I guess maybe the, I was just surprised because I didn't. It took me forever to figure that out. That well, the movie, like, yeah, like the movie, has like a total tonal shift where it's this, you know, this upbeat kind of, you know, dance. It does have a huge rave, shift. Rave, it, 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 rave all of a sudden, it feels like oh. And shit. then when, and then when shit starts to go down, the editing becomes even, even like JP says, it's like one take, but the editing. The camera movement starts to get faster and faster and more, uh, more uh, erratic. It moves faster, moves over the characters more. It really feels like you're on LSD with these characters. Like uh, everybody that I've seen awesome. talk to about the movies, like, oh, this is like the most realistic depiction of uh, LSD that I've ever seen. And he made another movie uh, two films ago called Enter the Void, which is uh, a similar kind of premise where we have a first-person perspective of somebody on uh, a hallucinogenic drug. And it's very – it's shot very similar, but it's not it's from a first-person perspective instead of this where the camera is it's, – it's all over the place. And the movie gets more and more fucked up as – these characters start to trip more and more and more and more and more and more and a whole bunch of really just fucked up things start to happen and by the time that the end of the film comes you're 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 so uh drained like these characters because of once again with the cinematography and the camera movement and all this kind of stuff that you're so drained like the characters that it really is just it's such a fucking amazing amazing movie i really loved climax i was very pleased that a24 decided to say you know what we're going to give this a pretty semi-wide release you know you could you could see it if you wanted to and yeah, it was a ballsy a ballsy kind of film to release um it's how one was your screening was there a lot of people there now it was me and this other lady who i was talking to before and she's like oh i've seen irreversible before so she Wait, you talked to somebody yeah i did <laughs> jeez Jesus Christ! <laughs> um, no, mine had a little bit more. I'd probably say there's must two, have been four, on that six, LSD, eight, man. ten, Jesus. probably like twelve people besides me and Carly, and then there was two uh, black chicks who came in and left about like forty minutes into it. <laughs> they walked out. Well, it's definitely not a film for everybody, like I said. But if you're if you know no and his style and the way that he likes to tell his stories and things like that, it's very similar to all his other films in that sense. Uh, but the main, like I said, the main highlight of this movie is the camera work and the cinematography. Get a chance, pick up the Arrow Blu-ray. <coughs> From what I was reading, this isn't getting a Blu-ray release in the states for some reason. It's I heard that was a mistake. TV. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, either way, you should pick up the Arrow Blu-ray. It's a lot better of a release, and it comes with a nice thick. It's a Hopefully. lot better of a release for the release it can't be compared to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like well, you get it right now if you wanted to. But uh, yeah, which is I give good. it a, I give it a nine and a half. Like the movie's fucking awesome. It's really really good. It's probably his best film behind Enter the Void. Damn, but you could be so it's sore. like it's it's 
It's hard. It, it is really good. good. I, I really enjoyed it. I, let I mean, me let me ask I've you a question. I've only seen three of his films. I put this at number two, probably. Maybe me, even number. I don't. I think I might like this more than Irreversible, honestly. Let me ask you a question, Jeremy. You say the depiction of the hallucinatic, hallucinogenic drugs is, you know, correct. How do you mm-hmm. know that? He said he heard. I read say it. That. People who've seen it, who's done LSD, they, that's what they've said. I missed yeah, that part. I, I think there's going to be some debate whether this is a horror film. Um, oh, there's always like a handful of those every year. Anyway, I mean, I so why not just add this film. add this one to the list, right? Yeah, films uh, that are going to be debated about. So, yeah. Um, but then it, Irreversible is the same shit, though. Yeah, but right? I think Rape Revenge is more considered horror. But than... I mean. I've heard lots of people. It's like that's not. It's I, I mean, a lot of horror on IMDb. It is. It is. But yeah. I, I'm just saying. I think that this one's going to be debated this year. Um, yeah. It's I think good. that what I like, what I, like it's what I like so much about it is just because I kept thinking about it. Like days after I seen it, I kept thinking about it, and it it, it isn't too hardcore. Like what happens in it isn't overly hardcore, but it feels so much more hardcore than it. You know what you're actually it just like he really captured the anxiety it really mm-hmm. plays through the film I, I it gives you anxiety and honestly like I'm extremely happy I saw it in the theater because like the sound was so good and la- like the music because really pretty good much timing there's to watch that movie then what's that was it really good timing to watch that movie then if it was causing anxiety and shit no, well, you but... just don't know what. <laughs> right? oh. Like you know what I'm saying? It's like Jesus Christ, trying to get away from that shit. But yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, it was uh, I why well, this was a while ago that I seen it by now. Um, it was it was like the fucking music because it's like they're at, at this school that they're at or wherever they're at. They're they have a DJ like playing yeah. music the entire film. So the, there's music like literally the entire movie, mm-hmm. like like dance music. So it's it's you know it's it kind really of like it. watching irre- irreversible too, right? Yeah, you know, it got that low fucking ends, those low tones and shit, and it kind of it's just it's meant to make you nauseated. You gotta watch it, man. Yeah, this right? is this is one he does such a good would... job with capturing that shit, man. And it's like fuck that movie, man. Since you're uh, region free, you should pick up the Blu-ray because I, I want I want to hear your thoughts on oh, this film. I, I actually have it sitting in my cart. I'm just waiting for it to drop. I yeah. always I always wait for them to drop a little bit. Yeah, so. it's definitely one you'll see before the end of the year. No mm-hmm. doubt. They always do. Yeah, and it you know it sounds right in my I I like those films, man. You know what I've yeah. seen from them. I've enjoyed I think everything. I think you'll pick this one. Yeah. Um, but anyway, moving on here, uh, the film. I think I got this from good old Mikey Fish, the homie. Um, hooked me up with a uh, not a super bad one. Somebody gave me one for this month, though. What was it? Fucking Munch Ruggers, drug munchers. <laughs> Munch Ruggers <laughs> from I don't know Pluto or something. It, it sounded really stupid. Uh, um, this film right here, um, Donkey Punch, two thousand eight. You guys seen this? Yeah, I own it. No. <clears throat> This is this literally is kills interesting. a bitch with a donkey punch. <laughs> so, oh, it's on a boat. It's on a fucking boat. It is on a boat. So, oh, uh, yeah. the fil- it's a British film. It follows uh, a couple of girls, like four of them, I believe, uh, who meet a couple of boys 
uh, four of them, I believe. And they are, you know, at this resort together. They're having fun. They're all young and, you know, like sexy. And, you know, it's, it's fucking in bikinis and shit. And they're like, hey, we have a boat. And they invite the girls onto the boat. It's not actually their boat. They, like, work on it or something. But they decide to take this yacht. Um, and essentially, they just are having fun, you know, partying, drinking, doing little drugs, some coke, I think. And uh, they're just having some fun, you know. And uh, it, they, they really do capture, like, the fun vibes of the whole thing. It does look like a blast to just be, like, eight people chilling on a fucking huge-ass boat by themselves and having a good time doing some doing some things uh eventually they start talking about um different like sex acts and uh you know just bullshitting and <laughs> one of them talks about a donkey punch and one dude's like yeah i've done that and they're like he's like no you haven't or whatever <laughs> he explains what it is um for those of you who don't, who don't know essentially uh if you're having sex with a chick doggy style or a dude um and you're uh <laughs> what <laughs> what true. It, it could be a dude too you you know it's, it's 2019 it's, bro it's true man but jesus dude if you fucking donkey punch a guy you're gonna get your dink pinched off i think <laughs> <laughs> so uh you're you're having sex with this girl doggy style you know which is you know, one of the one of the more used positions, especially females seem to like the doggy style. Jeremy, you wouldn't know anything about that. No, nope. um, but what I did. <laughs> so uh, right when you're about to climax, being the male, uh, or in which case being the top, if you're having the gay sex, um, you're the. <laughs> <laughs> What? Damn, I'm trying to be inclusive to everybody. <laughs> Having the gay sex. What happened if you're the lesbian and you have a fucking strap on, bro? What about them? You can't oh, do this. Fuck you, that's awesome. <laughs> um, so you you know you're you're going to town. You're about to, uh, I guess the professional term would be ejaculate. Uh, and <laughs> instead of ejaculate, in, instead of ejaculating, you know, right there, you're getting really close, and you decide to reach back and just punch the girl or guy in the back of the neck or and or head area which uh, apparently causes like an involuntary like um like seize like thing and they tighten up a lot and it's supposed to be a really good orgasm is the idea behind it it's a it's actually a um urban legend like sex term like i don't know if people actually i can't imagine i mean i'm cool, sure it's been done much. i'm sure it's been done but i can't imagine this is a regular thing i think of happy tree friends wasn't the character's name donkey punch probably and, uh, <laughs> it, you know but it's like it, it's you know everybody's heard it. i've heard of that before um watching this and uh essentially so they 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 all go into this room it these chicks are all naked and shit and they start having sex with these dudes. You know, it's very stylized, you know, it makes it look very appealing. Like I'm like, damn, I want to party with these people. You know what I mean? And, uh, basically this dude's having sex with this chick and there's this kind of like shy dude, like in the corner of the room, not really having sex with any girls. And he's like filming it. And then the dude, the like main dude, who's like the, the, the leader kind of guy, he's all like, Hey, dude, why don't you join in, man? You know, have a little bit of sex for once in your life. It kind of reminds me of Jeremy, you know what I mean? Just like in the corner jerking off while all of us are banging chicks. 
Um, and then the dude's like, all right, this is my opportunity. So he goes over and he starts having sex with this chick, doggy style. And he's like, the other dude's like, you know what you got to do, right? And he's like, yeah. And then he reaches back and punches this chick, dude, and she fucking dies. <laughs> she breaks her neck and dies, dude. And I was like, oh, shit. And then, like, it, man, I mean, okay. Like, so after that, they're like, oh, shit, we need to, like, hide the bot, like, throw the body like we're gonna go to jail type thing blah blah her friends are all like no like blah blah we gotta call authorities but they don't really know what happened because they wasn't like watching it happen um and then you know it's like kind of a cat and mousey type thing after that the 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 that the second after the donkey punch it's not it's not the best movie it's kind of like a little cliche kind of like oh like little like twists here and there and stuff or like character motivations are like revealed and it's just it, it was a little weak um but I, everything leading up to it, it just like how can you not like the premise of this movie it's just so unique and different um that i really i really like this one i thought it was cool I, th- I felt like it ran a little bit too long it was only like 97 minutes but if it was a little bit shorter um you know cut down the the third act a little bit i think that it would have been a little bit better but I, I this was such a like interesting film and it, it was shot really well and the donkey punch thing was just fucking hilarious <laughs> um it, like it's like fucked up because this girl like died from it but um it's just like it's, it's just fucking idiot punched her so hard <laughs> you know what i mean um <laughs> Uh, I give it a solid seven out of ten. This was a the, and Mikey again comes through with like these cool indie or I don't even know if the, this. I guess I mean it looks like it has a big budget, but it's only a million. Um, harder, harder punch to maximize that fucking orgasm, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Yeah. So, I, 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 I just I, I remember the donkey punch. I remember it being on a boat and being very cliched. But that's it. But the Donkey Punch is awesome, right? Yeah. I mean, how can you not <laughs> check out a movie called Donkey Punch? Yeah, and then find out that it actually has to do with a Donkey, a donkey Punch. punch. <laughs> it's not just the title. <laughs> yeah, true that, man. It's awesome. Back to you. All right, man. So another Patreon pick, and I'm not sure who picked this one because Jeremy erased all the fucking picks and names and shit. It's true. It is very, very true. So, uh, from 2017 comes Gilmero del Toro's Shape of Water. I apologize again. I do not know who gave this to me, but, um, yeah, starring my boy, Michael Shannon. I always said, man, I've said it many times. If I ever did a film, I would get him in the fucking movie because. I always feel like this guy can pull off any type of thing, any type of character. He's a great actor, man. Really, really solid actor. Um, I remember when this movie first got announced. I'm a big fan of Del Toro. I think his movies are fascinating. I mean, what really sells his films is uh, the visuals. You know, he's a very visual type director. And and uh, that's why I've always been drawn to Del Toro films because, as you guys know me from the podcast... I love visual films. I love, I mean, I could take subs or, you know, style over substance any day. Um, so, but this one right here, I was kind of like, I was really on the fence about it. Just knowing that it was kind of 
you know, not really a remake of, you know, the creature from Black Lagoon, but it's kind of based off that story and stuff. And I was like, ah. and it was kind of a love story. And I was like, ah. so I never checked it out until someone obviously gave me this Patreon pick. So basically what we have here is a film that's actually set in the 1960s. And I thought this was really interesting to set it in the 60s because of what you can do with, you know, the the social commentary and the things that are within the film, which is incredible. It's incredibly, it's just head shaking sometimes when you watch period pieces like this. And you you think back to those times of what people went through and and how people were in those times. And I, I always think, I always thank God that, you know, that I was born when I was, and I, I didn't grow up in this bullshit. And it, it kind of pisses me off a little bit sometimes. But uh, what we have here is um, our main character, uh, Alyssa, uh, played by Sally Hawkins. And what, and from what I've read, actually, um, Del Toro actually wrote this movie specifically for her to play this role, which I think is really you know insane for a director of my his favorite quality. part is when she's rubbing the old double click in the old mouse. yeah (laughs) because it's so fucking funny yeah yeah i know right i know because Um, it's like they keep showing like it's like like morning ritual or something like in the bathtub yeah Yeah, exactly (laughs) so i I always find it i find it quite astonishing you know that a director would write a movie specifically for an actress and then how do you and then you know so you call her up one day and you're like sally I got this. I wrote this movie specifically for you. You know, you're going to be the star of this movie, but there's there's one thing. There's one little small twist here. You got to fuck a fish. No, no, not, you had to be naked. No, you don't have a fucking line of dialogue. <laughs> and you got to fuck a fish. You know, it's like it, it's such a weird thing. I've always thought that you know, for a main, you know, the the lead in a film to be mute, it's crazy. So our, our lead character, Elsa here, or Alyssa. She's a mute. Uh, her backstory is, you know, she was found by, a, a, you know, a river. Uh, her neck was all fucked up and shit. And that's why she can't talk, right? So she's an adult. She's been working at this kind of, this government secret uh, research facility as a janitor, you know. And she's been there for like a dozen years or something like that. Her best friend um, is this black lady that she works with. And also she also hangs around this like elderly kind of gay man. And shit. She's a loner. She's essentially a fucking loner. She lives essentially to work kind of thing, right? She just has nobody in her life. And, uh, of course, Michael Shannon is the guy that kind of yes. runs this research facility. And uh, <laughs> He's awesome. In now, Michael's, Michael yeah. Shannon's character is an interesting character because he is the epitome of a white, middle-aged fucking male in the 60s, you know, white-collar fucking worker... This guy is, he's a misogynist. He's a fucking racist. He's just of the times. He's of the fucking times. And like some of the dialogue in this film is crazy to hear. He just like, you know, he says things like, you know, you, your people. And he's talking to the black chick, you know, things like that. It's just very uncomfortable, but got to remember it's the sixties and that's just kind of how it was and stuff. Um, but anyways, he's running this research facility and they have this kind of fish man in this uh, research facility. And now he really wants to rid this thing. He wants to get rid of this thing because he doesn't want it to fall into uh, Russian hands. 
Because back in the 60s, during the Cold War and shit like that, America versus Russia, it was, you know, America needed the upper hand. They didn't want Russia to get any type of lead on them. So they figured the best way of get rid of, getting rid of this this newfound technology in this fish man, because he's got kind of special, unique things going on with him, uh, you know, is to just get rid of it, you know, and before the Russians find out about it. So, of course... Uh, Alyssa finds out about this and she essentially kidnaps the fish man um, to save him because obviously she doesn't want it to die. And she's lonely and then kind of sparks up a relationship with it. (laughs) That's that's the story. Um, You know, it's interesting when you're watching the film because it's just it's an amazing film. Right from the dialogue, the cinematography, the images, the effects, the acting. This movie is fucking amazing. Absolutely blew me out the water, for lack of a better pun. Um, awesome, awesome film. And I, I'm kind of watching this thing going, Jesus Christ, Like, are, are they really going to go? Would you say it's a fish out of water story? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. You know, it, it's just, the way the story develops, it's, it's kind of slow, but it's really interesting. I like the period piece set in the 60s. I like this whole Cold War thing, this U.S. versus Russia thing. You know, the, the obvious overtones of, you know, racism and, and uh, homophobia and uh, just misogyny and and just all these things that Michael Shannon's character just represents the 60s in, in a bad way, you know. But it just plays out so well. Um, How about his hand? Yeah, his fucking hand. <laughs> Yeah, dude, like, it's just, everything about this is fantastic, but the story, the core story is interesting, you know, her relationship with this fish man, and you're just like, okay, I get it, she's lonely, she can't talk, you know, she's gonna have these relations and stuff, but the way this movie comes around full circle and and the story makes sense is really fucking brilliant, man. It is really, really well executed, and I think it's, it's elegant to the point where it's like, oh, shit, man, that's kind of cool it's you know it's a metaphor for a lot of different things and i think that del toro nailed this one man really really nailed this and generally this is not my type of thing i'm not a big fan of you know kind of love romance type things and stuff but there's a lot more to this story you know than just face value and uh brilliant stuff man i thought i thought the fish man or whatever you want to call him um i thought looked excellent i love the effects on him thought it was great cinematography is just to die for in the film <laughs> there's there's this crazy bathroom scene where you know i think everybody has probably had this nightmare of being trapped in a bathroom and you know filling up with water and shit like that but it's not I really i've never had it really i fuck it, no. really <laughs> honestly that, that, i would just that. open the door I guess, right? You know, I don't. I mean, th- bathrooms can't just fill up with water. But, but literally, just because you your put nightmares. a towel under the door. Yeah, but literally in your nightmares, though, you know, like how you get those dreams where you're trapped and you just can't. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> this, but, this one, this one's fantasy. You know, it's it's a like I didn't love it. The straight first, up fantasy. You know, yeah. when I seen it, but I kind of was trying to put like reality into it a little bit too much, and I eventually realized it's just it's a it's a. But that's what yeah. I love about this story, though, man. It's it's straight, like a fairy tale. It's straight fantasy. It's straight fairy tale. But you know the the core in there is still blatant reality. The setting of the movie is straight reality with that fucking you know that fantasy thrown in there. Yeah. And I love it because he balances it so damn well. 
he balances the reality and the fantasy so well in this film that I was just getting it, man. I was just getting it. And to suck me into a film like this takes a damn lot, you know, and acting. I mean, for a mute character, fuck, so good. And yeah, of course, you know, plunging yourself once or twice is pretty cool, too. (laughs) Flicking the bean. Fucking crazy. I was like, what the hell? That's kind of random. But then again, it plays off the loneliness and shit, right? So, but Michael Shannon knocks it out the damn park. So fucking good in the film. Really, really good. There's this one scene. I can't remember exactly what the dialogue is, but. So the two women are in the ba- in this in the male bathroom cleaning, and he walks in there, and he kind of looks at him, and they look at him back, and he just goes over and washes his hands, and then he takes a leak, <laughs> and then he he comes he says this whole spiel about you know you can, something about judging a person and how they wash their hands and blah blah blah. I'm like, pops a candy and walks out. He doesn't wash his hands after he pisses, and I'm just like. That shit stuck with me for days. I can't remember the line now because I watched this like two weeks yeah. ago. But I was like, what the fuck? That's like the weirdest shit I've ever heard and ever seen before. But really I, cool. You don't Wait, you don't wash your hands before you pee? No, I wash my hands after I pee. See, but I, I wash my hands before I pee. But it's playing off his character though, man. It's it's. I wash it after too. He's but such I don't a masochist. He's such, he's, the misogyny in him is so fucking... He just, you know, he's just better than everybody. You know, it's like... I wash my hands before I pee, and then I eat candies after I pee. <laughs> you know? It's like, it's fucking, it's a, it's brilliant, it's brilliant. Um, yeah, I think she, he's saying like, I care about getting germs on my dick, but I don't care if my germs get on anybody. My dick germs get on anybody else. Well, he's saying, yeah, he's well, no, he's saying that my dick is fucking cleaner than you know, <laughs> clean. It's fucking clean, man. So, yeah. Uh, Shape of Water, I give nine out of ten, man. You know, it's it's a it's a really good film. I, I mean, I could probably even go up on it. I'll probably end up watching it again because I enjoyed it that much. But visually outstanding for a two hour movie, flew by. Absolutely yeah, I saw it in by. a theater. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, it's it, it's good shit, man. I, and I really liked her friend, like her gay character friend. Like, there's this mm-hmm. fucking crazy scene in that in that parlor too, with the when he's kind of hitting on the dude and shit. And I'm just like, oh my god, you know, like that. You probably wouldn't have those reactions today, and that's what I like about watching movies like this, man. It kind of takes you back, and you go, fuck, man. Different time in history, man. Everybody was homophobic. Like, get out of here, and you know, black people walk into the ice cream parlor and or the the pie parlor and get out. Mm-hmm. It's sad, man. It's fucking sad. Great film. All right. All right. Thanks, Moods, for your feature review on Shape of Water. All right. Let's go on to my last film from this week, given to me. Oh, this should be a fun one to review at 12 o'clock at night. Given to me by Tony Hartman. It's the 1972 film Images, directed by Robert Altman. So this movie is very similar to Repulsion in the fact that it's um, – a very, uh, I don't know how to, how to, uh, how to explain it. It's a very, uh, mind fuck trippy kind of movie. I noticed that with another, uh, thing with 1972, it's the year of mind trip, fucking weird ass movies. 
and this definitely is one of them. It has the same sense of repulsion as the main character that we follow. She has a little bit of a case of schizophrenia, and she is hearing voices in her head of her past lovers that she uh, either was seeing before she was married to this husband that she is now or was cheating on with her husband. And um, she's an author, and her husband is a salesman, so he's often away from the house and things like that. I think he's a salesman, or I might be getting it messed up with uh, all the colors of a giallo. But anyway, she's schizophrenic, and she's hearing all these voices, and she starts to go a little bit crazy. So her husband uh, recommends that they go to this summer house that they have so she could try and finish her book. And as she's there, she has her hallucinations more and more, and she's becoming more and more frustrated because she doesn't know who is real and who is not. Is these people that she's seeing are actually there or are things that she's seeing not there? And that's the whole point of the movie as an audience member. You're trying to guess as to what is real and what isn't real. Are these characters that she's having interactions with actually there or are they all in her head and us as audience members have to make a decision about um is it really real or is it really not real it's a very mind trippy weird ass fucking movie very similar to repulsion in the sense that it's it's shot in a way that you have to make a decision as a viewer uh what you think is actually going on and everybody is going to have a different Uh, perspective of what is going on and I think that's probably why the film didn't do that well during its run theatrically because it is such a weird and strange offbeat kind of film that sure it's it's not like the most horror horror kind of film Uh, it's more of a psychological kind of horror film Uh, it's not going to be like you know 100% foot to the pedal the entire time it's definitely a slow burn kind of movie and one that as the audience member you have to uh really think about it's not one that you could pop on at night and not pay attention to anything that's happening because you're probably going to miss something that is uh important to the plot and um it's an interesting film definitely uh one of the more interesting films from 72 one of the more you know well shot films of the year so far for sure it's really well made and put together which you would expect from a film from robert altman but i didn't like completely love it like some other people did i found it a little bit too long at some points and a little bit uh too lackluster on the plot but i still enjoyed it for what it was so i gave it an 8 out of 10 and John Williams did the score for it as well early John Williams score before he was super famous alright <clears throat> what did you give it? an 8 an eight. alright uh, my final review here is a, another Patreon I don't know who gave it to me because Jeremy deleted the page um, yep. instead of just moving it down like I used to Yep. Um, <laughs> uh, this is Ravenous, 1999. I know you like this film, Jeremy. Of my top 50. <clears throat> I love this movie. Was it really? Yeah. I thought you hated period pieces. 
Oh, this movie's awesome. Yeah, so... It's uh, so weird, too, because set. I always thought that he hated Puri Pieces and Cannibal films. That's true. This one's good, though. <laughs> uh, this film's set in the 1840s in California, out west, uh, or Nevada, somewhere around there. Uh, yeah, is it Nevada? It was say California up top, but then... All right, either way. Um, it's during the Mexican-American War. Uh, it opens up with this uh, character, Second Lieutenant John Boyd, who is on the side of the United States Army. Um, he's kind of outnumbered, and he basically is like, oh, shit, I'm going to die. So he fakes dead, and the Mexicans load him up on a cart, and they take him because they assume he's a dead body. But then he gr- gains some bravery uh, and basically, once in their headquarters, like takes over and, you know, basically fucking, you know, does a big thing there uh later it's found out that you know he was awarded you know uh rank up and some things for that Oh, i don't know that's why you're telling me (laughs) um but they also were like your cowardness was kind of bullshit too so they sent him to this remote military outpost in nevada okay so they were in california now they're in nevada um and basically uh they're they're all chilling there and out of the woods comes this dude um who is all like frail and you know looks shook up and basically they eventually get it out of him that he was with a party and they were traveling with like six people and this army dude like basically is like kind of a douche and led him to a shortcut which turned out to be bad so they got stuck in the winter uh basically he makes it out like they had to eat each other after they died and stuff um and then the the lieutenant or whoever's there was like a super douchebag and he was like started killing people to eat them and he you know this dude eventually escaped and now he's here so they they form a party and they go out to find this guy because there was still a woman there um i don't know how much to say about this uh but when they get there everything might not be as it seems um and yeah i'll kind of leave it at that there's some cannibalism going on here but there's also this sort of um i don't know it says on wikipedia that it's like the wendigo myth um i don't know anything about the wendigo but i'll tell you this man this i love the setting of this film like that's kind of weird i called you my wendigos off the fucking start of the show i know i know that's fucking strange i'm i'm i love period pieces honestly i always have uh, especially like this period of um, American history. Um, and I was like just instantly super sucked into this movie. Like as soon as dude shows up and tells the tale of like them eating everybody, I'm just like, oh, this is awesome. And then when they get to this cave, it's even fucking more awesome. And then this one character kind of goes like batshit and you're like, holy shit, this guy's nutty. <laughs> and it's like, it like he basically is just his personality it like they cat who i don't even know who the actor was but they they casted him really well guy pierce guy pierce yeah uh <laughs> it was really good um and then I, i'll say that the only issue that i have with it is i didn't really necessarily buy uh the two characters trying to convince the other character to join them i just felt like they wouldn't do that like why risk it 
Um, so that was my only real beef with it. But it, this is a really fun and awesome movie. Pretty unique. Uh, really perfect. Like cannibalism just fits with these old timey things, you know, kind of uh, reminiscent of like the Donner Party. Everybody knows about the Donner Party. Um, but yeah, I, I, I super dug this movie. I don't want to say too much about it because I do think that like the reveals are kind of fun. Um, and it's it's a it's a pretty cool movie. Uh, I give it an eight out of ten. Yeah, I can see why you liked it. This was the first time for me. It's great. Yeah, David Arquette's actually good in it too. Surprisingly. Yeah, he he has kind of a minor role, but yeah, yeah, he's definitely not fucking Dewey. No. <laughs> okay. I like. Yeah, what's that? Said so I like Dewey. <laughs> uh oh. I love that? Scream, dude. We know. Fuck. Fuck. You guys scream. hitting me? No. Fucking scream. Come on, Moods. We don't need an hour scream conversation. We all know how much JP loves scream. All right, moving along here. Uh, <laughs> again, shit. I don't know who Patreon this one for me, but I apologize. From last year, the Suspiria remake. Do you guys actually remember? Yeah, it was Tony Hartman. Muscle dude? Oh, Tony Hartman. Okay. Tony. Suspiria remake. Um Yeah, I mean the the plot is pretty much identical to the original film. Uh we got uh you know our main character Susie here. Um, and actually the cool thing is about this film is that it takes place in 1977, which of course is the original year that Argento Suspirio came out, Suspirio came out. So of course she, you know, she's an American, makes her way to Berlin, uh, to go to this prestigious dance school. And, um, of course, as soon as she gets there, you know, she learns that, uh, one of the students has, you know, gone missing and been murdered kind of thing. And uh, it kind of leads into this whole idea of there might be witches running this, um, you know, this uh, dance studio. And, yeah, that's pretty much what the the plot is. Um, now, my thoughts on this version of the story. Oh, all I got to say, man. There's absolutely no reason why this movie has to be two and a half hours long. I do. I think res- that that's kind of what I was saying. Too. I do respect the fact that this movie is, you know, it's the core of this movie is the same as Argento's, but the extra time that's provided in this is, is, you know, it's the substance, you know, it's telling the story of, you know, Mother Suspirium and, Mm -hmm. you know, and how Susie, you know, essentially become, you know, that whole story and things like that. But there is a lot of downplay. I I honestly kind of dug where the third act goes because it really gets into it. You know, it gets into Susie and, and how she's hosting and, and, and all that type of stuff. And, but I think the ride there is a little bit fucking slow. It's really damn slow. I was having problems staying awake watching this damn movie, man. Um, it's very artsy. Uh, I think that um, what's her name? Uh, I always forget it. Twiddle, uh, Twiddle, tw- 
Tilda Swindon. Fuck, she is such Tilda a great... Swinson. Swindon. Swindon. Yeah, she's a fucking excellent actress, man. Like yeah. she, she actually plays, I think, two or three characters in this film. Um, but she's excellent in pretty much everything I've ever seen her. And so she's kind of cool. She plays like the head of the studio, and the one that's supposed to pretty much get you know the head of uh, you know the head witch and stuff, which kind of get passed on and things. But um, I really thought this movie was. I'm not gonna lie, man. It was boring as fuck, man. Hmm. Like boring, and it does pick up in the third. I thought the third act, and I I do like the idea of how they showcase Susie being the host, kind of this you know this host for this for this witch, and you know it, there's a really cool scene where you know she's doing this dance routine um, for Madame Block, her you know her show, and uh, as she's doing it, she's punishing this other girl yeah. like hardcore. I thought that was actually really interesting that they showed that. Because, you know, it's showing that she's hosting this, you know, this kind of thing. And she's, she, in a way, she's almost kind of chosen, you know, in a sense, right? And I, I kind of like that whole re- re- uh, revelation and shit. Kind of interesting stuff. A little bit more grotesque and shit. But, you know, the thing is, I don't really want to compare them head to head. But, I mean, this one visually is nothing like Argento's, right? You know, it, it takes a totally different approach. It kind of takes a bland approach. The music is really dull. You know, it doesn't have that going for it where Argento's has, you know, the Goblin soundtrack, which is is fucking phenomenal. The visuals are amazing in that film. And this is a prime example of, you know, you put these things side by side. And again, you know, a lot of people, the the biggest problem they have with the original Suspiria is that it has no substance. Yeah, you're right. It, It really doesn't have a lot of substance. But what it has is shit that I like. It has great music. It has great visuals. You know, it's a visual film. It has great colors and things like that. There is a story there. You know, it's not as flushed out as this one. Um, I think this is where this one kind of excels. It does show some pretty insane things going on. Um, I think the third act is, it's it's almost laughable. You know, it gets a little bit insane how shit kind of goes down. Like, I don't know, man. I I was... Yeah, I was I was smiling a little bit, and I was like, okay, so they really fleshed out this story, and they're really showing you know, who the fucking witches is. I mean, in the story in the film, it's blatant, too. They're just like, mothers, they're saying names, like Mother Suspirium and, and shit like that. And I'm just like, holy fuck, it's crazy. Um, so they're not really holding anything back. But, you know, all in all, it's not a bad movie at all. I just found it was boring as shit, to be honest. Maybe it's the added element of so much story you know and i kind of liked it i do want to rewatch it though you know um i think it's definitely one of those films that might it might benefit it might i might digress on it even more i don't know um i don't remember what your guys' thoughts were on the film were you guys which well, way were you i guys- really liked it i didn't find it like if it was too long but i didn't find it like it's, I did think it could have been shorter, but I didn't find it like yeah necessarily. But I also saw it in a theater. Too. I saw it in theaters too. Yeah, so um, definitely a different approach to it. Yeah, when you see it in the theater, I mean, who knows? I might have had a different tune on that. But I mean, to be honest, dude, there's a lot of time before that third act comes up, and it, it does it drags in my opinion. It definitely drags. It's a little bit boring in the story. I can see where you're coming from. You know, and then I thought, I mean, what they did with the third act, I thought was 
pretty crazy. <laughs> you know, it goes like fucking batshit in there. Um, is it needed? I don't know. I mean, is that what people wanted? They wanted I to see all I, that type I, of stuff. I did like it. Um, my, when I was talking to Mike about some issues I had with it, I kind of brought down my rating a little bit, but I did. I did think it was pretty good when I saw it. Um, but yeah, that's Dave's number one, by the way. You know, I, I, I'm. I'll be honest. I'm a little bit shocked by it because I know Dave loves the Love original Suspiria, Suspiria yeah. and then to love the remake that much. I mean, you know, I'm I'm a big fan of the original Suspiria. And I'm not hating on this because it's a remake at all. I really wanted to like love, love this film. Mm-hmm. But it's just, again, you know, I, I think it went, it took a different approach, which I liked. I definitely liked. I just think it's way too fucking long. I think if they just condensed a lot of the shit that was in the middle of the film, you know, keep the third act the way it is. I mean, it, you know, that that's a good third act. You know, it was kind of entertaining. It was fun. And stuff, but you know, I mean, I I thought there was a lot of parts in that were kind of bland, though. You know, I mean, with the fucking, you know, the doctor. I mean, the um, oh, what's his name? The one with the the missing the old guy. Yeah, the old guy and stuff. Like a lot of scenes with that and stuff. I thought was really dragging it down, man. Boring. Straight up yeah. boring. Um, See where you're coming from. You know, and I mean, we're talking about a two and a half hour film here. I mean, if you kind of fucking, you know, just condense that down. I think it's a different film then, but uh but I w- I won't I I won't lie though, man. I thought the soundtrack in the movie was a little bit fucking tedious and boring too. It's definitely not exciting, but you know, the soundtrack fits the mold of the film though too because it's very slow. It's kind of it's kind of got this it's a very artsy approach. It doesn't have that kind of like, you know, drastic thriller type goblin music, you know, that really does work for the original film so the soundtrack for this one i guess works for what it is but it just wasn't really doing a whole lot for myself but uh you know all in all i did like it i do want to watch it again just to get a you know i'm not going to watch it anytime soon but i'm going to give it a 7 out of 10 i mean i'm not in love with it i don't hate it by any means i like a lot of certain elements of it and uh but there was some definitely bad things, you know, some CG, some slow parts. Oh my god, man! <laughs> but I did like, you know, I, you know, when she's fucking dancing and fucking up that chicken shit. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, I thought those were really good, cool. Those were added effects. Yeah, really good effects, and it was brutal. And it, you know, but it it didn't have that desire like the original one does. You know, like, the the cool thing about Argento's film, again, coming back to the style over you know, substance and stuff, but at least he starts out the film with a huge fucking bang. He's got that really unique kill and shit like that, you know, and this one doesn't have that, you know, it starts out with kind of a, kind of a backstory a little bit, you know, and yeah, and that is, uh, what we watched. Hey, yo, we got them dope rhyme similes and verbs. Ready to spit movie knowledge to all you freaky horror nerds. It's your boy Moose representing the 22 Shots crew. We about to hit your ass up with a bonus review. Yeah!
All right, moving along into the bonus review here on episode 158. And this is a Patreon pick, and I don't have a clue who it's coming from. Do you, Jeremy? Uh, Mr. Patreon? (laughs) I don't remember who gave us this pick, but I'm assuming it's probably the same person that gave us the cremator. Ratchet Command. Is it? Did you give us a cremator too? I don't know. That was Mark Lahem. Oh, okay. I, I thought maybe it might have been the same person considering that movie was a Czechoslovakian film. And this one also is a movie from Czechoslovakia uh, from 1970. And it goes by the title of Valerie and her Week of Wonders. If there's one thing I've learned from this is I don't like films from Czechoslovakia, apparently. Oh, there's not that many of them. Fuck, six. Yeah, you know, it, it's kind of funny that he picked this movie because... I actually had the Criterion Blu-ray in my collection for like a year. I completely forgot I even had it. So I picked it up, obviously, for a reason and forgot about it, which doesn't really happen very often to me. So when I saw the Patreon pick, I was like, fuck yeah, that gives me a reason to watch this shit. And I was like, it's only 76 minutes long. Crazy. So um, I guess we'll... I'm going to read like two lines of the synopsis because it just goes on and on. All right. A thief awakens Valerie, just 13, taking earrings left to her by her mother. By morning, the earrings have returned. Valerie's first period has begun. I really just wanted to read that so I could read that part. And a trope and a missionary have arrived in her 19th century town. Yeah, this movie right here is... um, Weird. It sucks. It's pretty much non-linear. Um, How could you say it sucks? Are you saying it sucks because you don't like it? Or you I'm saying, saying it sucks because I don't know what the fuck's going on. That's the point. The, it's a non-linear story. It's, it's basically... Uh, how can you even tell that? What how do you mean? How can you tell what? That it's non-linear. Because well, like, I didn't know have... that. Well, because it's set in half reality and half fantasy, right? She's having... She's having, you know, basically all the visions and things like that are more in her mind. It's more, you know, fantasy. I mean... And, see, I didn't even... How, how can you tell that, though? I don't know, just by watching it, I guess. And the characters aren't not fucking human-like. Yeah, see, like, the story well, itself, see, like, I, she's I, real. She, her, she's yeah, but set. how... It's kind of like the Alice in Wonderland thing. If you... If I had to describe this movie, it's kind of like... That's kind of what I was It's kind of like Alice in Wonder... Like, Alice is a real person in reality, but Wonderland is kind of this, fan, you know, fantastic-type world, right? Um, it's kind of like, you know, Alice... In Wonderland meets Nosferatu in a sense, and a girl who's sexually sexually act want to be sexually active now, I guess. Yeah, it's a really odd story about. It's kind of like hypersexual. It's got like hypersexuality in it, um, but it doesn't really like fully focus on just pure sexuality. It's more about her visions and the horrors of. You know, her fantasies and stuff. I mean, obviously her grandmother is not a vampire. You know, there's... there's this Yeah, really... but maybe in real life that's how she sees her grandmother as something yeah. similar to a vampire. That's what I'm saying. Like, that in, yeah. her, in, in her fantasy, that's how it is. You know, the constable or the priest or whatever, he's, he's kind of um, an interesting character too because he, you know, at one point in the film actually accuses her of being a witch and she's got kind of these special powers but that's not in her reality that's in her fantasy where you know she survives the the witch burning or burning at the stake by swallowing 
um, the uh, you know the earrings from that her mother the pearl yeah the no, pearl didn't the guy give her the pearl yeah but he stole them from her who was her mother's yeah they were originally he from stole her it he stole it from her at the beginning of the movie don't you fucking pay attention yeah. to this shit yeah so no. those those were actually I didn't her notice mom's. that and for you some didn't pay attention to the cremator not paying attention to this shit like Jesus. I paid attention to the cremator dude I just didn't get it. Yeah, there's. I didn't a, look up anything about this movie either. I mean, neither, but that's like that's like pretty obvious. Um, <laughs> yeah, so there's a lot of really strange. It's basically this movie follows follows Valerie, and it's kind of set in this world. Like, it's almost set in like this quasi type medieval type setting, but it's more of like in the 18th century type deal. It's really kind of strange. I think it's really cool. Um, the visuals are fantastic in this man, like really, really interesting stuff. I like the whole kind of blend with, you know, her grandmother being a vampire and then also, you know, the constable trying to also retain her youth. And there's like this really kind of strange, I don't even know how to explain that away. Jeremy, do you have any words on that with the grab, like retaining her youth and how, you know, Valerie has something to do with that. I'm not exactly 100% sure how that worked. Yeah. That was kind of this a weird reminded me of, like, of November being influenced by this movie. It has like mm-hmm. similar kind of weird cinematography going on with it as that movie is. You know, it's, know. it's really quirky in all aspects. So not only are the characters really quirky because they're, you know, they're, you know, they're not real. Like they're more fan fantasy type yeah. characters, but you know, you have a scene where <laughs> Valerie's watching these girls in this in this river, and this girl's holding this fish and she's putting it down her shirt and shit. And I'm just like, what the fuck? Like, who does things like that? You know, it's like very odd. Well, There's, in Valerie's mind, she must think about that for some I weird ass reason. But I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, why would you ever envision something like that? Watching people do things like that, and I don't know. And then there's this really kind of odd subplot where. One of the characters may or may not be her brother. Um, I think it does come out that it's actually that he's technically Orlick, Orlick or whatever his name is, is not her brother. Egglet. Egglet. You're talking about Egglet? Yeah. The main guy that she's after. Yeah. yeah. So I was just calling him Egglet. I'm not sure what his name is, but that's yeah. how it was. I think it's supposed to be Orlick or something like that. But he uh, but he may or may not be her brother. And, and, and it's funny, too, because when you're watching these characters talk. It's OK, Joe. I'm not your sister. That means we could have sex again. I know. Right. Because he's totally hitting My on her. Sister. But he's saying that he's not not at one point. He says he's not her brother. And there's even a point where the priest actually, again, going back to the whole, she sees everybody as a monster, like her grandma as a monster and stuff. And, and the, the console, the priest. Um, so like, why do you think? I don't know. It's just, it's fantasy, man. I mean, anything goes in fantasy. That's the beauty of fantasy know, films is that it doesn't matter. But that's the problem with films. Like I want, if it's a film, there has to be something that I could take away from it. Well, like I mean, I'm just watching this and I'm like, what the fuck does any of this mean? It just seems so pretentious to me. It's see, like, the, the I'm thing, just going to do a bunch of random shit see, and I you're going to wonder why. And I'm not going to tell you. See, I kind of go, I kind of take it back to that whole, I mean, it's obviously a very artsy film, and this movie was heavily criticized when it first came I out. I like the cremated Czechos- way more than this one. Yeah, this <laughs> this movie was really heavily criticized for when it came out because, you know, check the fact they're just like, oh, it's just too artsy. We can't fucking do oh, anything. There's underage nudity. Yeah. Well, I mean, in in those days, it was it wasn't if it wasn't. I don't frowned see upon. how that's legal here to even have this on Blu-ray. I know it's crazy, right? Yeah, the girl's thirteen. In this movie, and how she, did you know that? She, I looked up her age. 
She was. She no, was, I meant Jeremy. You look it up. It's in the booklet. I have the Criterion Two. Read it. Really? Yeah. Yeah. yeah Did so you buy you, that? You know, a the, long time ago. The other crazy yeah. thing about her starring in this film is that I was looking on just some you know factual stuff about it, and um, she had her mom on the set pretty much the entire film. And I'm like, her, so her mom was cool with her showing her boobs in this movie. Well, you got to also understand that like Western culture is like way different with like nudity stuff mm-hmm. and like sex stuff. Like we're, that's why, that's why you can get away it. with this because it was, it yeah. was all right in those days. It wasn't frowned upon. Like it is in the Western world and stuff. So, but I mean, I think the overall, the, the film itself, I mean, obviously is just, spewing metaphors and stuff but the thing is i don't know much about you know like the what? czechoslovakian culture and things well that's the thing i mean it's just like when people try to break down a david lynch movie and shit and he tells you that yeah but i feel shit. like i feel like david lynch is fibbing because like there's definitely shit in Eraserhead that i'm like no that there's something there you fuck don't lie to me because I'm watching it and I'm making connections. You might have did it subconsciously, but you're fucking making sense with some of this stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, what, what I take from this movie, I mean, if you want to break it down to, you know, a young girl and the way she envisions the world. I mean, yeah, I mean, the the monsters are a metaphor of how she how she proceeds. I mean, you got to remember this movie is also taking place in a time where religion was was basically ran everything. Right. And she she a little bit, I think, was not with that. You know, there was obviously people that opposed religion in the times when religion ruled. So maybe this is her way of of, um, you know, what she actually thinks of what's going on with these people. I mean, they show what do you think the even in a non metaphorical um, way? I mean, they show the priest trying to rape her at one point in the film. And it's like it's just so funny that you that you would see something like that in a film where. Even in today's society, I mean, we look at, you know, the Catholic, you know, the Catholic priest and the Catholic religion as being just an abomination when it comes to that type of shit, right? It's so relevant even today, you know, with obviously that stuff goes on constantly. But um, it's it's interesting. It's in a film out of Czechoslovakia in 1970 when you have this type of imagery in there. And so who knows, right? I mean, it's it's always Mm -hmm. hard to say exactly what the director is trying to say with the metaphors. So I mean, what you can did only you interpret get out it. of the, uh, you can the, only, um, good. Yeah. You can only interpret it the way you see it. Right. I mean, it's yeah. obviously it's heavy. It, it has sexual overtones in it too. Um, I was actually a little bit confused on the, this, I guess the lesbian scene really with her and the older girl that's in this one, Jeremy, what did maybe you she likes lesbians, but what was, what exactly, like that scene just kind of seemed to come out of nowhere for me a little bit. Maybe it's just her res- repressed fucking yeah. sexual. I think that's feelings what all this women. movie is. It could have been. All I, this movie so what do you think? That. What do you, what do you make of the dude saying that, um, their brother and sister, what do you think that meant? Well, no, he was saying that, that he wasn't other people were saying that. Yeah, he but it was. wasn't at first. She said, like, who's your dad? Or like, he told her who her dad was, his dad was or something. And then I thought she was the one that initiated that. I think, doesn't her grandma mention something about him being her father? Oh, maybe it is her. I don't know. Yeah. And I watched it two and a half weeks ago already. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I actually watched this. Well, one. he got brought up a couple times being the a father of, 
the or the the son of her father, but maybe different mother. Yeah, I don't know. What do you think? What so? What do you take the the uh, the the vampire mom grandmother thing? What do you think that's about? Maybe she, we don't know anything about her grandmother in the real world. So how do you know she's not an evil son of a bitch who fucks her, fucks around with her, not fucks around with her, but is this awful to her? Yeah, but why wouldn't you see her as a witch or something? Why a vampire? I don't know why. That's what I'm asking. I'm like, you know, that's that's the type of stuff that I, think I don't just, like about this. I think movie. that I think just that's fucking, just the, there's nothing. I think that's, that's just, just the, the monster. The way that she sees people as the monsters are you know, they're vampires, right? That's just the way she envisions them. I think the reason why she sees her grand or her grandmother like that is because her grandmother's the one that's raising her, right? Because it's said that her mom and dad have died. Right? So she's being raised by her grandmother and yeah, Jeremy's right though. We don't know what she's so what like was in the up real with, world. So what was up with Mr. Egglet like at that well at the beginning when she first like sees him? What was that about? Wasn't he like tied up there or something? Tied up at the well? Like he was against it when she first meets him against that stone. I thought it was a well. It, it might be something else, but he wasn't he like tied up there or like prison there or something. Well, she rescues him out of the river at one point where he was tied up. Oh, he was tied up at the river. Maybe yeah. it was the river. Then. Oh, yeah. Well, so what was up? Like, what did they say why he was tied up? I don't think it's important. It's just maybe it's just a, a way for her to meet him. That's the I thing about this movie. Nothing's fucking important. Nothing is. What's important in this movie? I don't think it's supposed to be important. I don't think anything's yeah, supposed so to be important. If nothing's important, why should I fucking care? But it's fantasy, it's though, man. It's, like this, but man. it's fantasy, man. You can take anything away from it that you want to take away. I didn't take anything it's, because I'm like this. There's no it, clues to anything. Yeah, but that that means that you're watching it wrong. Then I I take yeah. away the hypocrisy of fucking religion and and how young people, as myself, I can relate to her as seeing adults as monsters and 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 envisioning them as bad people. Because I mean, if you grow up like that, and you're if you're in those type of situations, man, that's the way she sees the world. You know, that's the way she sees things. So I mean. It's all about her. This whole story is told from her eyes, right? Yeah, I don't that's, know, that's why some of the dialogue. Basic, that's yeah. why the dialogue is so bizarre at times. Like you, they'll be talking to somebody, and, and then all of a sudden they'll be referring to them in a different place at a different time, and it's like I don't think you'd like avant-garde movies very much, JP. It's like so <laughs> bizarre how the dialogue goes in this. It's really crazy. I don't know, man. Did you like this? I mean, I didn't like love it or anything, but I thought it's it was interesting. I thought it was pretty cool. I like these kind of artsy fucking I mean, guard type shit. Films. Yeah, I mean, but just because something is artsy doesn't mean that it's good, though. Like, just because something's weird doesn't mean that it's good. That's I've always stuck there. by that. I mean, it's like I, I think the movie's beautiful. I, I think it's shot dude, beautiful. I fucking love. I thought well, it's I love artsy well. films too, man. I love I love like Horsehead, like weird metaphorical fucking shit like that. Like I dig that stuff, but sometimes I watch the like films like this and I'm just like, I'm like, what am I supposed to see here? Like what? I, I can't figure out anything. Like, I'm just like, this is like, it's kind of boring. Like there's not really anything happening. It's just, I don't know, dude. Like, I, I just think that people, 
it's it's See, there's but, no difference when there's no difference than me saying I love shot on video and other people are like I fucking hate it because it's shot on video. But see that I disagree with that though because it's like it's like do why mean? do you hate it? <laughs> well, and they're like the it's shot on video and I'm like well that, that that's not a reason why they hate something that's just you Well the like... reason why they hate it is because it's low budget and it's shitty. It's okay, shot so... on video which has a shitty fucking quality to it. You yeah. know the acting's bad the effects are... I mean I mean, when you so say shot say on video, was... it's, it kind of lumps it all in. I mean, most shot on video films are directly the same. You know, they have the same video quality, they have the same type of acting, they have the same type of editing. Usually, it's pretty bad, and the effects are always, you know, left to desire too. So, but with films like this, I mean, it's totally different, man. I mean, you can't say the movie itself is bad. I say it's bad. Why? You, so you it's think... shot well. But I think the movie as a cohesive fucking it's not supposed to be cohesive. Okay, maybe it's not, then it, not that's the point. I'm it's, saying that like as a as everything combined, you know, sound fucking story. This movie acting, is no different uh, than something like Eraserhead. Eraserhead is super artsy. Yeah, right. Dude, it's super, Eraserhead's way better than this shit. Eraserhead, Eraserhead is super, actually has shit going on in it, though, man. But that's the way you interpret it. I mean, I'm this just using too. David. Just I'm just using. Yeah, understand. but even you guys are like, uh, like even what you said was super basic, right? Like, oh, it's about religion, and like, okay, we've seen that with a million fucking films. That's just, and it's like it didn't do it in any cooler way than anybody else does it. Fucking, but that's the way you're seeing. But that's the way you're seeing it, though, man. Yeah, I think I, I think you're, I'm I think sure. you're wrong. Yeah, I think you're like that. I fucking love movies like this, man. You think my opinion's wrong? No. But oh. saying it's shitty, I don't think this is shitty at That's all. That's just my opinion though. But I but even you can't you <laughs> can't pull But you can't pull but you can't pull anything out of this though. That's what I'm confused about. Dude, honestly, man, I pulled like I mean, I get the idea that it's like, okay, this is But you can pull you something can out of a You can interpret it though. as like, okay, these are like dr- like subconscious like dreams how this girl sees the world and stuff. But I'm just like, okay, it's fantasy. It's, if you it's know this going impressive. into it, all fantasy movies in a fantasy film anything can go because it's your fantasy. Right? Yeah, but just because anything can go doesn't mean that I'm like, okay, this is good because anything can go. You know what I mean? I don't. I didn't like it. I just thought it was weak. I thought it was boring. I thought that uh, I didn't. I, I didn't think that anything that I was making connections with was interesting. Uh, I I didn't feel like there was much to get out of it. And I just I think that movies like this are just fucking. I think that they they some dude found it and was like this is fucking cool because it's weird and then other people like it because it's cool and weird and I just think that it's lame and I don't think that it's I, I think that you know sometimes people just like shit because it's weird and that's fine that's fine I'm just saying that I don't I don't I don't like things that I can't get anything out of and well, I just couldn't get anything well, out of this. But what do you get out of Eraserhead, man? They're they're identical well, I, in films. When I reviewed it, I talked to you about how I thought that it had a lot to do with like um the fucking, you know, like um you know, babies and fucking abortion. How do you know this doesn't have that though? You just don't understand some of it. Okay, so and that's fair. If I didn't understand it, then, you know, that's my fault or the filmmaker's fault for not making it easy enough for me to understand i think i'm a pretty good film watcher i think that i pick up things pretty good 
Um, sometimes I don't, and when they're pointed out, I'm like, oh, that's cool. But even when Mood's pointed out that, that it's about, uh, you know, the religion and and uh, the corruption of the Catholic priest, and he's trying to molest her and stuff, I'm like, yeah, yeah, I've seen that. It's it's it didn't do it in any interesting way. It's just fucking basic, man, to me, you know. And I'm not saying that like you're wrong for liking it. I just don't like it. You know, I just didn't. I didn't. I, didn't no, really I wasn't get saying any, I wasn't saying anything on the left. I was just, you know, confused how, you know, a movie like this and Eraserhead are very much the same. I mean, you can take what you want. Do you out really of think though? So though, you really think Eraserhead is is the same as this movie? I do because Eraserhead. You got to look at the facts of Eraserhead though too. This movie was a college film that he made uh-huh. over so many time over so many years. You know, and every time he got money, he just had he just go and build a set and fucking shoot something. At the end, he just put everything together, made a fucking movie, <laughs> right? I mean, come on, man. I mean, when he says there's there's no real interpretation to the film, I mean, fuck if it's out of his mouth. Who's to yeah? Say but a lot line? of people, say, a lot of people say that just to mislead people. But who you else says I mean? that? I've never heard another director say, "Hey, my movie doesn't mean shit." Well, I don't know, dude. But a racer, you know. But he clearly the, the reason why I don't buy that is like you look at his other films and like all of them have that fucking like hidden meaning, like not saying it out directly, but like so I'm like, why wouldn't like why like, dude. Like the, I don't know, dude. The, like I just don't believe that Eraserhead. David, David Lynch had, listen, makes nightmare what, logic movies. Could, could he not have had it had ideas subconsciously and they bled out onto the screen and he just doesn't know? Is that not possible? Of course, that's possible. Exactly. Of, of course, so you could say it doesn't mean anything as much as you want, but I mean, dude. But there's you, like but a he's lot st- of intentional but shit in there. It's still his film, though, man, and you know. If he doesn't even have an interpretation for his own film, you know, I mean, okay, somebody else having an interpretation for his material doesn't mean that they're wrong because you can interpret anything, yeah, any way that you want. But I'm just saying, if well, he even you says it, it's kind of not yours anymore, it's it's uh, it's like your audiences and what they feel about it. Wow. You can say your intentions was to do something this way, this way, this way, this way. I wanted this scene to come yeah, off like t- this, until that shit goes backwards. Funny. Until that shit fucking goes backwards on you. Right. Yeah. And you're like, oh, you're, no, I actually meant something else. You tried else. to make this scene super serious, like fucking uh, Billy, what's his name? Tommy was so. And people will think it's fucking funny. It doesn't matter what he intended because <laughs> people look at it and like, this is fucking funny. Mm. Um, but yeah, no, I get what you're saying. Like, yeah, he probably uh, like I be- uh, maybe I'm just seeing something that isn't there. But uh, I like I-, I really fucking was into Eraserhead. Um, and this one, I just didn't pull that type of shit out of there. I mean, I agreed that they're both like more fantasy, but I just think the stuff that's happening in Racerhead is fucking more interesting. Like the fucking bird and, and fucking the opening, how it looks like a goddamn planet, dirt ball, fucking weird shit. And dudes, fuck them just in their bed with the fucking tree of dirt next to them. I don't know, dude. But I mean, but then it comes down to visuals though, too. I mean. Really, yeah, I agree. The visuals in Eraserhead are probably more interesting than this, for sure. Mm-hmm. But I mean, you got you got to admit though that movie is essentially a series of visuals. It goes from scene to scene. It's so fucking weird and, and strange. I mean, it's 
very nonlinear. It's a fucking, it's a nightmare. And, but in this case, this is just, it's not meant to be a nightmare. It's meant to be straight fantasy, like Alice in Wonderland. So, everybody has right. their own interpretations on it, yeah. man. It, that's, that's what I love about these type of movies, though, man. Mm-hmm. You know, is that it's just hearing people's interpretations of them. I think that's interesting because if you make if you make a you know a one, like I'm a sure one there's tracked... some fucking film student out there who's wrote an entire fucking uh, six page essay on all the fucking subtextual shit in this movie and stuff, and I would be happy to read it and be like, oh okay, oh I really didn't see that, oh I that okay I see where you're coming from with this film why you liked it yeah and but stuff. It, it, but it but also I'm just doesn't saying mean it's the right one the one watched it. No, but if somebody points out shit that I didn't see, <laughs> then I can like something more. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I could get because what what movie like Mother was the perfect example, right? Like I was like, oh, my God, Lost Highway, Lost Highway. Another one like I watched it and I didn't really get any of it. And I was like, it was all right. But then I watched a fucking 30 minute video on like all the you know, meanings of it and interpretations and stuff. And then I fucking loved it. I was like, dude, that is fucking crazy. I didn't even think of that. And, you know, like there's like little key things, like the way that the girl, um, pats the dude on the back after they have sex. Like, it's okay, buddy. You tried. And I was like, holy shit. I didn't even notice that when watching it, that adds a whole nother level to this film. Um, but so I, you know, I, and I, I like being proved differently, when I think something's one way and then I see it another way. But I'm just saying at the time of me watching this, I got like, like negative two out of this, <laughs> like in terms of yeah, but anything. To, but to be fair, you probably watched it at a time where you felt forced to watch it too. It seems that like most- is absolutely not true, dude. Cause this was a, this was a short film and I didn't watch anything yet. I hadn't watched any of the castle films or anything else that we're doing next week. I was just like, all I had was Pet Cemetery and this bitch. And I just, I just watched it, you know, a couple, I'd probably say like a week ago now, maybe a week and a half ago. Um, and I just chilled, you know, I just, I didn't, I didn't have anything going on. And, and you're right. That happens to me a lot, but this particular case, absolutely not. All right. I'd say that happened more with the cremator than this, but I like the cremator more than this. <sighs> I think they're both awesome. I wouldn't say awesome. I really dug the shit out of it, man. I watched it twice. This or Cremator? Valerie. Hmm. I mean, maybe the second viewing would. I get. I mean, honestly, I was pretty jarred with like, the fuck is this guy? Dude, like, it's the rhythm of the movie, man. It's like. The first time around, I was like, of course, I was confused as shit. And I'm like, the fuck, man? I'm like, this is, you know, obviously fantasy, but I'm like trying to make sense of some shit. And I watched it again, and I was like, man, it flows. So that's one thing I like about it, though. You know, it's 76, 77 minutes long, but it just it just flies by, man. I don't know what it was, but it just has this kind of rhythmic appeal to it. It's got this aesthetic to it. And it's And it's so weird, but still... Because it it doesn't have the aesthetic of a horror film, but yet it has monsters in it, 
and it has this fantasy overtone to it and it, and it's but it's set in like the fucking 1700 it's just very bizarre to me how all these things are kind of working together which they generally shouldn't you i know? just look this is based on a novel actually oh yeah i didn't even know that but so maybe there would be more to the novel mm-hmm. obviously i'm not going to read it it's called <laughs> i don't know czech either it's called Vitislav oh, there's, there's probably a, there's probably <laughs> an english tra- english translation translated version of it for sure this is uh what year did this come out 1970 70 what year did cremator come out 68 or 69 yeah so this is like part of that fucking wave of czech films the new way it says czech yeah well this film this film it didn't get banned outright they said but they wouldn't show it because it said it was too artsy yeah czech slovakia is definitely a different whole another fucking but then again you know it even says like in the in the essay in here and stuff too you know this movie came out at the at the same time as you know when polanski did his fearless vampires film and you know hour of the wolf and in the late 60s those kind of hypersexual films and shit like that it just kind of fell into that mold right so it's kind of a product of its time in a sense i guess a little bit too so I'm looking. I'm trying to see if there's a single Czechoslovakian like horror film that I've seen that isn't these two. I'm not seeing anything. All right, Jeremy, what do you rate this one? Seven. Man, I can't believe that you actually. I thought you'd be a little bit higher on this. Seems very up your pretentious alley. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. The the ravenous is Czech. <laughs> It's a Czechoslovakian co-production. Yeah. How about that? They probably shot it there, right? Oh, maybe. Maybe. Um, I gave it a four. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, I'm in an eight and a half. I think it's like a, a pretty unique coming-of-age story. Definitely use, unique. We'll use that. But... Uh, I don't know, man. It's really fucking tripping me, man. The, the lead actress in this movie looks exactly like Daniel Harris. It's fucked up. It's really crazy. And I, I don't know if it's like completely wrong. It's like she's really, really beautiful. She's like 13 years old, though. I don't know if that's wrong to say, but but it I, I pedophile alert. I watched it fucking twice, <laughs> not because it showed her tits in it, because I was fucking confused the first time. You Back don't even really see them that much anyway. But to be and honest, small. the first time I watched this, the reason why I did rewatch is because the first time I watched this, I kept getting interrupted. I was watching it at a bad time. And so I was like, I need to rewatch this. But yeah, I mean, it is true. I mean, you get to see them and stuff. But <clears throat> but yeah, she's she was definitely a good looking girl. <laughs> I don't know if that's right. It's still fucking weird to see that shit, man. You know. Just don't see that American FBI films. open up. Yeah. Who knows, man? I mean, fuck. Do you I mean, know a hairless Jewish man? We yeah. just took him in last week too. He I mean, really, even, even having this thing on the in the collection, you know, someone gets whiffed of it, it's like, ah, oh, it's got thirteen year old titties in there. He's got. I mean, he's got oh, underage man. porn in his fucking house. Yeah, right. That's what it feels like. 
Yeah, that's um, kind of strange. But it's Criterion, I mean, though. It's is... classy underage porn, I guess, right? Because it's Criterion. Yeah, right. Criterion. And, <laughs> and the fucking transfer on this thing? Holy shit balls! Like, really fucking good, man. Criterion only does good. Yeah, but it's really good, though. I, th- I... I think I watched on... Why did I watch it? Vimeo or something. They probably had the Criterion on there, I would assume. Hmm. I would assume. Yeah, I don't know, man. Not my cup of tea, I'll tell you that. <laughs> Curious to see what you think about Rurikio next week, then. <laughs> Why is it like this shit? Who keeps giving us this shit? No, it's like Hands of Steel. If I get one more Czechoslovakian no, fucking it's like Hans, it's like Hands of Steel. Dude, Rikio is one of the funnest and goriest movies ever. It really what is. is it? It's so fucking Rikio. Awesome. And I'm going to hate it, you're saying? Oh, it's like Hands of Steel, so you probably won't like it. Really? Yeah, I'll hate it then. <laughs> Fuck off. It's not like Hands of Steel. I wouldn't say it's like that. It's way more fucking fun than Hands of Steel. Yeah, but it's and like that gory. kind of over-the-top kind of shit that JP doesn't like. Yeah, it's got ridiculous no, gore. Fucking, Dude, I don't... I, I love gore, by the way. Oh, I'm just... It. Hands of Steel just was fucking boring and sucked. No. No, it doesn't. All right, well, I guess that's it for the bonus review. And, uh, yeah, stick around for the featured reviews. Review. And now, our feature presentation. There is something up there. Something that brings things back. So what happened to your dog, Judd? He came back. Just like Danny B said he would. But he was changed. It was when he went after my mother that my daddy put him down. For the second time. Sometimes dead is better. Oh, yeah. Getting into the featured review here on episode 158 here on the 22 Shots of Moods and Horror. And out of the blue, we have a special guest here for the main review. What's up, Mikey? What's going on? What's up? Uh, question. What What is the deal with fucking Gershaw? stores in the hood where the employees that work there like to hang out there when they're not working it's a random <laughs> it's, question no it's, been all, it, it's been on my mind all day because i was shopping after work on a friday to get some beer and shit and i'm like why the fuck is there like five employees that work here just hanging out um when you have that local grocery store you know you see all the familiar faces so i i i decided to start off with a random fucking question because I haven't been able to ask it to anyone this whole time. <laughs> so were they just uh, waiting for the Chinese food to be able to give away for free or something? Did they have like yeah, a time was, limit on that shit or what? The Chinese foods at our premium hood grocery store. This was like the hood hood grocery store where you where you go when you want to spend as l- the least amount as possible. <laughs> so sorry about derailing things right off the bat, but uh, <laughs> I, I had to get that off my fucking mind. <laughs> that's awesome man but uh yeah we are here of course to talk about um the 2019 re 
adaptation. Yeah. Yes, yeah, that's the thing. Is it a, re- a Yeah. Is it a re- remake or is it an adaptation? New I, adaptation. Everybody gets so up in arms every time you say the wrong re word. So they just, did it before. It just started now mm-hmm. with uh, it because everybody did, like was mad that people were calling it a remake. That's the first time I ever heard somebody complain about yeah. calling it adaptation or remake. Yeah. So the latest adaptation of Pet Cemetery here. in 2019 yeah i i don't know what it is but this is a film that i i never really thought that was actually going to get readaptated i don't know about you guys <laughs> readapted readapted i don't even know what the fuck english i'm talking about right now but i figured it would one day but like i i i've honestly Not 30 years soon yeah yeah, yeah I, I mean i guess it kind of makes sense 30 year anniversary so if you guys are unfamiliar with the synopsis, Dr. Lewis Creed and his wife, Rachel, relocate from Boston to a rural Maine, to rural Maine with their two young children. The couple soon discover a mysterious burial ground hidden deep in the woods near their new home. Yeah, so we're going to go spoiler free on the first section here, and then we'll do some spoilers at the end because the third act really is completely different than the original film and i do want to touch on it yeah um but you know keep it keep it light so far so um to start off i the first like major positive that i that i saw with this film is i was expecting judd crandall's character to be not good at all especially because i'm a pretty big fan of fred gwynn in the original you guys know that i love the original film a lot oh down that road yeah dude exactly. your, your jaw hurts every time you talk about it man yeah so <laughs> I, I i was actually fine with the new judd character he wasn't as good he was different but i found him likable and i thought that it was a good pick so that that was the one thing that i did like at the beginning you notice that he had like yellow shit around his mouth the entire movie no i did not yeah he had like this like brown something around his mouth the entire movie anyway yeah, he he does a good job. I think it's he fits the character. He's a likable dude. I think that scene where they're all at uh, the girls' party, or when they invite him over for dinner, he's like, "Oh, I've never, I haven't had a hot meal since my wife died, or whatever, like that." Yeah, like he's a pretty likable <laughs> character in that scene. When he said hot meal, I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> what isn't that what he says? No, he does oh. say that, but I'm just thinking oh. hot meal. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That's a long. That's a long time not to fucking cook, but uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't know. I I thought his character was okay. I mean, John Lithgow himself. I think he did fine with what he was given, but I thought the character came off a little more one note than he did in the original. Uh, he he to me he came off more like the creepy guy from across the street in this one, as opposed to like an, an endearing family friend. Yeah. He doesn't seem he, yeah, he definitely doesn't seem as like, <clears throat> like Fred Gwynn is instantly just so likable. And you could see how like it, cause I don't know if you guys read any of the book, but they talk about that in a book, how like um, Lewis instantly just really likes him like right away. Um, but you can just tell that he has like evil. He has, bad intentions deep down inside that he knows what he's doing when he shows Lewis. I don't think it's that. 
Yeah, you don't think so? No, no. I think it's that he, the the place has no. He has he has good intentions, but you know, it's clear that he knows exactly what the end result is. Yeah, but I I feel okay, and that's another positive I'll say about this one um, is the original doesn't do that great of a job letting you know that the place itself calls upon people it like sucks them into it this Mm -hmm. one kind of elaborates on that a little bit more um about how like it actually you know is is grabbing a hold of people and doing it's like causing things too you know what i mean Mm -hmm. it doesn't really do that that much in the in the original it Um, it does it does it i see and that's another thing about this one i feel like i'm kind of torn because i feel in a positive way, it did kind of give you a little bit more, but at the same time, I wanted it to even go a little bit further than it did. Cause I felt like it really could have differentiated itself in that aspect. It, Cause it felt like they were laying the foundation for a lot more of that to be in this. So at first I was like, okay, good. We're going to get a lot more of that. And then it felt like it kind of tapered off. And I was like, Oh man, like I, I wish yeah. they would have had more. Um, Besides that, yeah, I thought I agree, church, yeah. church was really good. Um, I thought they, you know, they spent a little bit more time with the cat in this one, which I, th- I thought was cool. Um, you know, it's pretty iconic. Uh, everything else, I pretty much didn't like, dude. Like, um, to, and I, I'm gonna hated, compare it. I hated the twist. Uh, I'm gonna compare it a little bit to the original. Uh, I. I did like the swerve in the char- character switch. However, like the marketing completely ruined that for me. I didn't. Li- I didn't like it. I didn't. <laughs> I I, li- I didn't like how it was done, but I liked that it was done. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean. See, for yeah, for think- me. Go ahead, like, Honestly, it like doesn't it. work. It doesn't work. It doesn't work for me. It doesn't I think work because what, what makes the original why, why so good it- is because Lewis doesn't have a verbal interaction with the little boy, like. He he can't talk. He he can't talk back to him. But now we have this character who could talk back to. She could talk back to him. I just okay, feel like that kind of, okay. it doesn't. It doesn't it work. Doesn't work it doesn't. But you guys are talking about more about what happens in the end versus the idea of this one being the one versus this one. The, I, I, the okay, yeah. I think I'm we're talking, talking about, about two separate, the incident. The incident. Two, two, I like the swerve of switching it up. What happened if they killed them both? That would have been even better. I, I think no. I, I see. I, I, I don't. Sh- I don't like switching it up, man, at all. Because I don't think it works at all. Because I, yeah, but the incident though. What like the actual yeah, like how about, like how the person gets killed? No, like just the fact things. that they yeah, the, the switch the up fact itself, that, and then everything yeah. that happens after is. We're not different. talking about like. The interactions later. We're just talking about the idea of switching the the characters because mm. it, it makes it more exciting. Had I not been spoiled, I would have been. Oh shit, that would have been awesome, you know? Yeah, no, I get but, that. I get that. But at the same time, I mean, for myself, I mean, I just having the switch in the death to me is there's the emotions out the window. Right. Well, they just didn't do it right, honestly. But like, I, but I don't think it even matters though. That's that's my big thing. I think it works uh, in the original Pet Cemetery. Having a fucking three year old or, or whatever <laughs> die like that is 
it's so emotional. Dude, it's fucking so brutal. Yeah, but having it's a not 12 year be less emotional if it's it your is. daughter. Ha- having your a, having a 12-year-old girl, like for for a viewer to see that, it's not the same type of fucking I I would I get I would get so yeah. much more enthralled in, in seeing a fucking little kid die than a 12 year old girl like i just i don't connect with that See, at all I'm just i like, wouldn't eh. i i would find it equally disturbing i don't think if, it yeah, i saw either of them get hit by a car well, of honestly co- of course of course but in a movie sense in a movie sense it works so much better as a young child right i understand well, worked, why they it did also a switch. works better though because it's shot better the incident isn't is like over the top it that just seeing the shoe roll on the ground makes more you don't see any of the uh you know aftermath like there's just an emotional neither of the films handle the actual impact very well because they would be a lot more messed up than that you know what i mean it's the way humans are man the older people are man except for when you're like senior senior (laughs) you know you're like this middle range it you just don't have that connection man i I don't know man i I can't make that same connection a three-year-old to a 12 i'm just like Dude, it's so much more dramatic when a three-year-old one's gets fucking taken and, one's not. and a twelve-year-old. It's like, dude, I just—I don't know, man. I don't I mean, like, like the switch up. I don't think it works. I don't think it works. Uh, okay, I, for on me, a personal me. aspect, I am, you know, like I, my sister was, you know, one or something when she died, and I've had other people in my family who died a little bit later in life, and I, th- I don't know, like the longer I know somebody, the more impactful it is for me. The way so, you're going to set up the dramatics in there, though, man, three-year-old versus for, 12-year-old girl, it's just, you know, the for, little boy me, every time for, is going to win that. For me, the swerve itself was kind of inconsequential. Like, either either kid that dies, it's going to be – there's going to be somewhat of an emotional impact. To me, yeah. where things go wrong – with the switch is what happens after at when she yeah, comes that's, that's back. Where that's, that's where I'm like, okay, they totally ruined this. Mm-hmm. And the, it, it made me second guess the switch at that point, but that has more to do with how yeah. they decided to make the characters when they came back. And I yeah, was like, yeah, man, agree. Mm-hmm. Uh, the second thing that I'll bring up that I think is absolutely um, just not, not good. Not, it's just not good is uh and and fucking sam dude i swear to god this guy sam was sitting there every review that came out that was negative before like he he saw the film or i saw the film he's like oh i guess that means i'm gonna love it because i usually like things that it's like he had a he had a dog in the race way before the fucking movie and that's like child's play he like already having opinions on it he he picked that he was gonna like this film before he ever seen it and then he stood by it after he saw it yeah and he, it's, it's pretty phony. Right, yeah. He says that it's better than the original, which is fucking insane to me. Um, I think that the fu- and dude, the fucking Zelda scene is awful in this movie. Yeah, it's dude, awful. Dude, it's so fucking bad. Yeah, actually, you don't the, have the you whole don't have Zelda like shit. Physi- you don't have any physically. It's physical connection to dude. It. Looks Zelda like, looks like shit. To be honest, man, it doesn't. They underutilize real. Victor. I thought I thought the whole Victor uh, thing was shitty Victor too. Victor sucks too. Yeah, yeah, Victor sucks too. Zelda Dude, sucks. Victor in the original su- is so yeah. fucking creepy. He's like, yeah. come on, Doc. Wait. And I'm like, oh no. The way <laughs> he know? pops up in this man is just so undramatic, and it's just it feels so forced. It feels forced like fucking Judd. Judd's character yeah. feels forced also in this, and I was like, and I'm a big fan of John Lithgow. I think John Lithgow is a great actor. I felt like his whole character was just kind of forced. He does, he kind of feels like a creepy old man across the fucking street. Yeah, in this case, I yeah. Like, 
Like I just Dude, there's Pascal, so many elements to this. I'm just like, oh fuck. Pascal and fucking um the fucking uh Zelda th- those were just inexcusable to me, especially Zelda cuz I was like Dude, this is okay. First oh, of all, she doesn't it, the the spinal meningitis shit that she has. Like in the original, yeah. it's fucking scary. Like yeah. it's a dude, and it, it he like the effects are good. This one, it looks like that fucking almost like CGI effect. That no, you it see. looks like they would like show possession it. film, like if a yeah, possession. like a possess- it looks yeah. fake. It doesn't yeah. look like a real like exactly. body. It doesn't look like real skin. You know How about what I mean? the laundry shoot scene? And yeah. that is fucking dumb too. Oh, I was like, that dude, is so dumb. It's I so dumb. Literally laughed out loud in the theater by myself. I was, I was laughing at the effect. I was like, oh man, this is so bad. Mm. It was cringeworthy. Terrible, yeah. terrible. That whole so, Zelda shit was the worst. Uh, it was fucking terrible. Terrible. So yeah. So I, I did. Uh, we did an episode of Fresh Cuts on this, so I hate to repeat something I said on there. But one of Nobody one of my big that show anyway, so. yeah, I know. Well, <laughs> in ca- just just in case, um, one of my just biggest issues with this overall was it felt like this movie had basically a checklist approach to it. Like, okay, yeah, we sure. know we got to put certain things in here, mm-hmm. and. They're not going to be written as well. We're not going to be given as much background. Certain side characters um, aren't going to be given the same amount of dialogue or screen time, but we have to put them in there. So here's our checklist. Okay, we got this person, this person, this person. And now let's move on to the shit we're going to change about it. Like they were just trying to hurry along. I feel like this one probably had like I love the guys who did Starry Eyes. You know that they Starry Eyes is fucking awesome amazing and there yeah. is some good visuals in this film like the fog and and there's oh, yeah. some good shots good yeah good atmosphere good yeah. good stuff like that, I told that to me. it's actually like, it's actually one thing problem. i think that this movie improves on is the atmosphere a little bit and yeah i yeah love, i 100 I, I love the pet cemetery look i wouldn't say i so much liked um you know once they got beyond you know i actually like the i like the idea of climbing up the steps and that whole that was kind of cool. It was very atmospheric, but up yeah, there, yeah. But it, I love felt... the like rock quarry in the original too. Yeah, it's just fucking yeah, iconic. That was cool. I mean, this one was kind of cool, and you know, did it a little bit differently. But once they uh, got up reminded there... me more of like Pumpkinhead or something. Yeah, this. It, but once they got up there, you know, I was just like, ah. Oh. Then it got kind of like, uh, it's not as cool yeah. anymore. You know, it yeah, kind of lost. It, it lost a little bit of steam. Yeah, atmosphere super cool. I feel like it doesn't it feel like there was like studio interference. Like it was like do it like this, do it like this. Like mm-hmm. I feel like they these creators couldn't have had their like it, 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 like their direct vision on this. It just, I just can't believe that it, it would have ended up like this if they did. Mm-hmm. Um, it just it feels uninspired, man. It, it really it does. Feels, it feels yeah, it feels empty. Yeah, like it. I, 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 there was some cool. Like, I appreciate I the idea like the of changing yeah. the entire final act and I, trying something different. I appreciate it, the attempt, I just, but it doesn't work. I, I just feel, you know, it's like there's two major differences. in this. I mean, the core of the movie is pretty much the exact same, you know, but we have this one change, you know, with the kids and then the whole third act is different. And I think that's what they that was. That's the idea that they brought to the table. Was yeah. that right there, and it didn't work, in my opinion. Neither worked. You know, I mean, yeah, sound design in this film. I know Jeremy brought that up. We were talking earlier. 
really fucking good. It is honestly good. the mixing is amazing in this film. So mm-hmm. good, so good. Atmosphere is pretty. I think the acting might even be a little bit better than the original film too. It's pretty good. See, a lot of people have problems with the acting in the original. Um, I never have. Uh, that's one thing Sam brings up that it comes off cheesy. Like when when to me when Lewis screams like the no thing, like no, and then it's like no, like I, I it, it's like chilling to me. But I, I can see where people are saying that it could come off cheesy. I guess, but I think I just take the subject matter so serious that it just can never come off cheesy. I honestly wish that, that they. I mean, of course you're gonna have this movie done, and you're gonna fucking put in the dead is better line. But the <laughs> yeah. way, but the way Lithgow. I, I just feel like the, the, the ground is soiled, sour. Whatever. Yeah, like they're just kind of shooting it, and he just says, and they're like, "Oh, that's perfect." First take. <laughs> you know? That's the way I, yeah. I took it from that. I was like, "Really? That was it?" Like it felt yeah. so it felt like a throwaway line in this. It one. felt you know uninspired. What? It felt throw exactly. It felt like it was just it was there to homage and you know that iconic line. And I'm just like, man, it mm. did, it didn't hold any merit you know it didn't yeah, have it didn't any grip. feel as it didn't deep, grip yeah. anything you know in the original film when when that's it, an it important spit, line exactly you know I mean? when it spit it, it kind of fucking sucks you in again you're like oh fuck mm-hmm. totally right this one it doesn't do anything it's so unfortunate yeah. man it's so unfortunate yeah, and I started reading the book uh, or listening to the book, the audio book. I wanted to have it done before we recorded this, but I, I just didn't have time. But one thing that I noticed, and I never read the book before, um, but l- reading it, listening to it, whatever, um, one thing that uh, I was surprised is in the book, Judd has a wife who's alive. So I was wondering why they didn't do that. Like, that would have been a good thing to differentiate. Yeah, like, you're you know, right. Yeah. I never so, thought of that. I don't know what happens to her in the book yet. I'm not that far, but I thought it's so interesting how Stephen King came up with this story. And it's one of his favorite stories. He thinks it's probably the most darkest. Um, he lived next to a pet cemetery. He lived next to a highway with those big ass trucks and stuff. Yeah. And yeah. he uh, lived his, his daughter's cat, you know, um, she, that line, like God, let God have his own cat. That was something his daughter actually said. And it made it into the, film and the book mm-hmm. uh or the book and the film but super cool man uh it's just i i didn't have super high hopes for this but honestly i was actually still underwhelmed even though i didn't have high hopes it 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 let me it was i was like man like what it, it's definitely watchable you know yeah. it's, it has some cool stuff in it i think but. the dialogue between lewis and rachel is pretty good i think that's like the yeah. strongest part when they're talking about life and he doesn't really believe in a God and she does. So I think yeah, like no, that, that, that was like actually really some of the best aspects of this film yeah. you know that the part they I lightly thought? touch on in the original, but they don't go into it too deep, but it is in the book more, the God thing. You know, what part yeah. I find <laughs> so bizarre is when Lewis fucking drugs, fucking uh, Judd. <laughs> Yeah. It's like yeah. what the fuck, yeah. really? Yeah. Like, well, dude, he's a doctor. He's an old ass man. Come on, man. He, I don't know. Just it felt. Yeah. Cheap. It um, felt cheap I don't know. What, what's he doing? Monitoring him the whole night, like he couldn't get away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, he knew what he was gonna do, man. Yeah. Um. So okay, let's go. Let's do our ratings, and then we'll do. We'll talk briefly about spoilers, and then we'll get out of here. Um. Jeremy, six moods yeah i'm in a six too yeah. mike 
Uh, uh, I'm going to say five. Ooh. I'm at a six, too. Wow. So six, 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 five. That's our voicemail line. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> totally. I, I, I actually think I was. I would probably have been a six like when I first came out of the theater, but it's like the more, more time that goes by, yeah. it's like I like it even less just the more I digest. Oh, I get oh, that. I get, I get that, too, man. For sure. I, I can tell you this. Um, I went with Carly. And my friend Martin, his uh, girlfriend, and then my friend Shane. And none of like me and Carly, obviously, the big horror fans there. Martin likes certain horror, um, like a lot of the classics and stuff, but none of us thought it was good. Mm-hmm. Even the mainstream goers that were like, none of us thought it was, we thought it was, you know, a, a pretty poor adaptation um consider all things considering i love the original like i said i watched it right before so it was fucking even more glaring the problems yep. that i had with it uh that fucking the, the blu-ray of the 4k transfer is fucking gorgeous i can't I watch the you didn't even, oh yeah you don't have the 4k yeah i can't <laughs> imagine what the 4k looks like because the fucking that's, blu-ray is gorgeous when i went to see i didn't actually rewatch the original but i remember making that uh well, I guess kind of mistake when I when I went and watched the the remake of Evil Dead. Mm. Me and Dylan, we watched the original together and went straight to the cinema and watched the remake, and we were both like, ugh, ugh. <laughs> we walked out of there. I've come around on the Evil Dead remake. It's not as bad as I remember, but it's just the fucking defibrillator scene that ruins everything. It's the MacGyver shit, yeah. The MacGyver. Yeah, but well, if you actually also, that movie's fun as fuck if you just Honestly, still my biggest issue with that film is every character in that film I just want to kill myself. Yeah, but isn't like Kevin in the woods like that too? Every fucking I don't mind character. That. God, but every character Zach sucks says that, that he brought a cat back with a car battery before, so it is possible. <laughs> oh, you gonna believe that shit? <laughs> He's like, you can do it. He's so. been quiet on our page lately. <laughs> That's because he has everybody that. blocked, man. He doesn't get any fucking messages or updates. He hasn't said anything in a while. <laughs> so, um, let, let, the spoilers. Okay, All right, so right, the, right, the whole... right here. Spoilers, yeah, spoilers, spoilers. Yeah. So, if you don't want to hear spoilers, shut the shit off. So the whole fucking end is completely different. Like after Ellie comes back, she is like he's talking to her. And shit. She's like, "Am I dead?" And he's like, "No." <laughs> <laughs> I I just don't. It doesn't. She feel knows she's like, dead. Yeah, it doesn't feel as like it feels more fake and unbelievable. It feels like one. comedy at that point. Am yes, because it, it, it removes all the tension and horror out of it when dude. you're straight up just talking to her. Like it's like, what the fuck is the majority this? of well, that's her what dialogue? It was good about when I was the little kid, because you couldn't fucking talk to him. Exactly, my yeah, point. And he, and he, and he, he came so back and he started killing like right away. Yeah, yeah like because you're evil when you come back. Like that was it was almost like fucking Pet Cemetery too, which I love, yeah. but it's yeah. a completely tonally different well, film. That, that's the, what I was thinking. The thing thinking, I love yeah. about the original is that you know, Gage, uh, Gage is like straight demonized and yeah. this one they, they tried to humanize the demon yeah in her and it didn't yeah. fucking work at all and her dialogue is so cheesy man it's bad oh and These then the final final ridiculous. end where it's like oh we're a zombie family that came yeah. back now i'm like what the fuck this is like a this is the end of a goosebumps okay episode, so like man. i don't really i don't really understand what the fuck they were thinking with this so, of course, everybody fucking dies. Everybody comes back. 
and Gage is sitting in the car by himself, and they're all walking yeah. towards, and of course the credits roll. It's like, well, what the fuck is that? They're gonna kill Gage and bury him up there too, exactly. which is a good, good like. I like the darkness of it, but at the same time, it's fucking cheesy that they're all just like yeah. we're a zombie family. Exactly, yeah, I mean, super the cheesy. The point? There's yeah. there's no reference to why no. they would even be doing like. Well, I agree. I thought they would just come back and murder people, and not yeah. why would they want to bring them back? No. And I agree with JP. I thought immediately of Pet Cemetery too, which I think has its merits as a movie, but it's such a different movie. Oh, fuck it, that movie. It makes sense in Pet Cemetery too. Why that? Yeah, because the world is this one. Yeah. No, they, they humanize them too much. I mean, really, you're just going to, like, keep, you know, bringing back these family members and then, you know, take out. Okay, like, They're going to take over the world. What, what's that. the Bury point? Every here? fucking human being in the pet cemetery. I don't like this humanizing. <laughs> That's it's, how The Walking Dead started. Nah, I don't know if you yeah. know that or not. I don't like that shit, man, one bit. I um, thought, I but, thought, I. Oof, like the original, bags. dude. You look at the original, right? And, um,. I love how Lewis cracks by the end of the original, right? Like he's, he's carrying his wife and the fucking house is ablaze and, uh, Pascal's there. And he's like, he's like, don't do it doc. And he's like, it's going to work this time. It's going to work this time. I swear <laughs> or whatever. Yeah, she, you know, it, He was like, she just died. It'll be different. Yeah, it'll be like, and it makes sense. Cause like in his twisted mind, it's like, well, maybe I waited too long with gauge. That's why it didn't work. Um, but uh, yeah, this one it's like fuck, dude. Like I almost was like in awe and shock of how different, <laughs> how not only different, but that that this fucking is what they went with. Yeah, <laughs> like yep. I respected yep. it was something different. Like I liked that they tried to change things up, but it's just like you went with this. You went with this at the end of it, man. It, the horror is gone. It, I cannot fucking believe that Sam thinks this one's better. No, he's, but, uh, he's spiting you, dude. He's spiting you, man. Every no, nobody thinks this movie is better. Man, I, I was online just, you know, a couple days ago. I was kind of like flipping through and reading some fucking reviews. I was like, I cannot believe how many people fucking like this remake more than the original. It yeah, is mind-fucking to me, yeah. man. It's crazy. I'm like, oh, yeah, the little girl was so much scarier than gay. I'm like, She's not scary. I'm like, fuck off. She's just like the way she was before she died. John Lithgow. John Lithgow is so much better. I'm like, what the fuck? Seriously? Yeah. I'm like, no, all these millenniums are insane. They grew up watching Third Rock from the city going, John Lithgow's God. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I like John Lithgow, but he was not. No, dude, I'm a big fucking fan. I'm a big fucking fan, too. But, I mean, when you're not given anything to work with, it's hard to, you know. Yeah, I I don't put it on John Lithgow at all. I just put no. it on what he was given. Yeah, yeah, I, agree, I, I even the think Pascal yeah. in this one had way less appearances and way less. He impact. had no weight to him, man. He didn't have no presence. No. He didn't have and like no aura none. around him. Like Pascal in the original is one. Don't of the go best down that road. <laughs> you don't get the round part. Yeah, well, yeah, the accent's different. Yeah. I, but I I don't think they should have tried to repeat. I know that accent that's where you run into the territory of like if it's not it's there's no way you're gonna be like that as good so don't even try it just do something else um but yeah i mean utter disappointment on this one and they just they just had to fucking they had to incorporate the fucking cell phone into the film the guy driving oh yeah the guy that's how a crash happens that's how the the modern a distraction. Exactly. Yeah. Just modernized it right there with the cell phone, talking on it, fucking causing a crash. I'm like, okay. 
Fuck. I, I... They did use the same truck. I noticed that. Like the the name of the company on the truck mm-hmm. was the same as in the original. And isn't she old enough to no, not go in the middle of the fucking road? <laughs> she saw church, dude. Church allured her. But she's fucking 12. Doesn't she know not to go in the middle of the fucking busy highway? I mean, most people do, but I still like. I still like hear the the truck coming. I'm not. I'm not a big. I. I don't really understand cat breeds and stuff, but I do like the breed that was used in the original film more than the breed that was. Oh yeah, I I do too. I fucking like the type of cat. I thought. I thought the church cat in this was actually kind of cool though. Like it looked looked gnarly and shit. Yeah. I but, believe the original was a uh, English short hair or Scottish short hair, and this one was like, a Maine Coon or something. I'm like, like yeah, but I think that this cat <laughs> is um, more what it was in the novel, though. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Well, yeah. actually, it was a male coon who was 18 pounds and he was bred by. <laughs> yeah, that's one thing that they did change up big time in the original film was the was the cat was completely different. Sure. Yeah, but no, Church in the original looks way cooler. Oh, right, right. He was yeah. Gray. yeah, I like he looked, Yeah, he and he looked meaner. Yeah. Like he did look mean. You know the, he's like, <sighs> I'm like oh yeah. shit, fucking but church. Besides Zelda being like <laughs> that, was a, that, was a, that was a pretty good hiss, JP. I'm pre- I practice. Besides <laughs> Zelda being like fucking atrocious in this film, man, Victor is wow, what the hell did they do with that shit, man? Sure. The way they incorporated him, it was hor every time he came, I was like horrible. Horrible placement, yeah. horrible timing. Just oh fuck! It was so funny. I was walking out of, out of the cinema, and I heard a dude goes, "Victor was black." So someone had seen the original one. He was. <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, well, he was black." I'm like, "It doesn't matter them. if he was white or black." It's but. 2019. They have to make him black, or else somebody would say that the film's racist because it doesn't have any black people in it. I mean, it's small town. I mean, there's lots of people in in Maine, in you know Castle Rock area that are black. Yes, so I don't know. I don't know. Ask Dan. But it, it, but it's he's, but he's it's up there. It's typical Stephen King, though, right? He always he. I mean, I don't know if he did it subconsciously or if he did it purposely, but you know, all his older books, man, he always had that token black person in there. It's yeah, pretty fu- it's pretty funny. He, if you look at all these stories, there's always like one black person in them. It's pretty funny. I mean, if he grew up in that area, maybe there was just that one black guy in town. Well, and... Stephen King did grow up in Maine. I mean, Castle Rock is fictitious, yeah, yeah, right? Exactly. But Maine, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's the way it is. <sighs> All right. Well, that's it. Okay. Right? Yep. Yeah. All right. It's 2 a.m. Um, no, it's Mike, not. thank you for joining <laughs> us on this, dude. Like, you're right. You're, you're, what are you trying to break Derek's yeah. record or something? Derek become Derek. <laughs> You're way cooler than him, so it's all right. No, I'm just joking. Well, if we need to kick Jeremy off one day, oh, maybe. don't do that. Yeah, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> well, yeah. Thanks. Thanks for somebody thanks for having me back. Page, thanks for having me back. And so cool. Fuck yeah, man. I actually I really enjoyed that. Actually, you know, just having someone jump on for the main review and fucking that's cool. Yeah, shit, that's man. cool. I know we talked about doing that before. Yeah. And we never did, so yeah, I like well, it. Well, he's all worried. He's like, "Are they gonna be cool?" And I'm like, "Fuck, man." I was I was gonna invite Dave on, Dave but I I knew that you didn't like it. I knew that you didn't like it, and I knew that I didn't like it that much. I didn't want it to just be like a pile on Dave. Oh, Dave liked it. I'm, yeah, I think <laughs> oh, he no. did. Like it. Yeah, because oh, no. Dave Dave actually hit me up the day we were doing fresh cuts on it, and. I was like, hey, you can come on, but we record too late because he must have to get up way early. So 
it was it was too late in the day for him. So but he, we, but he we're would, not pussies. He would have been the only one on the episode that liked it as well. So yeah, I but feel I, like I, I feel like sometimes that's a little too like it. It almost comes off like like you want there to be a like at least one other person that is kind of. Uh, it, it's hard to battle three fucking people, you know. <laughs> yeah, you just get fucking worn out trying to like yeah. defend everything. Yeah, yeah, and then you end up defending it more than you even like it, just because that's your stance. So you're like, "Fuck, I don't even yeah. like it this much." You get defensive, and you're just like, "Fuck you, no, that shit was good." <laughs> yeah. Um. Anyway, I, I'm shocked. I'm shocked that you like the movie. I really am. Yeah. Wow. But then again, I I brought up Dave Z earlier earlier in the show when I was talking about Suspiria, and again, I'm shocked. You know, his favorite film of all time, and he's loving the remake that much. I just I'm not really getting it that much. Yeah. To be fair, I don't think it's his favorite film of all time, but it's one of the original. Oh, I know it's his favorite Argento film. Yeah. Yeah. So okay. All right. Mm. But uh, yeah, so that is going to conclude episode 158. Here on the 22 Shots of Moods and Horror. Again, thank you, Mike, for joining us. And um, yeah, you I'm sure you'll be back sooner than later because we Jesus love having Christ, you here. Jesus so. Christ, 158. I know. God damn. I know. When you say it <laughs> that it? so, like no, 158. No, it's 56, 7, 7, isn't it? No, 58. You sure? I'm yes, pretty fucking sure I said something. that in the intro, man. I said did, I write the intro. The right, did I write the right episode it's, on the thumbnail then it's 157 this is 158 yep you wrote 157 i'm looking at it right now 158 pets i'm just single show man we haven't had one of these in a while i know so i don't think we have but since my place i think all right jeremy probably, take us out of here probably easier to do <laughs> oh yeah all right thank you oh that was a good one thank you everybody for listening to episode 158 of the 22 Shots of Moods and Horror podcast. As always, you can follow the man Moods himself, youtube.com slash moods616. You can follow JP over on his channel, youtube.com slash doubleshotj. Follow me on my channel, youtube.com slash nesworld22. You can follow Mike wherever he is and tell him thank you that finally his kids listen to Uncle Jeremy and they shut the fuck up. And you can leave us any voicemails you have at 724-426-6665. Leave us an email at the 22 shots of moods and horror at gmail.com. That's 22 shots of moods and horror at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter, twitter.com slash 22 shots podcast. Join the Facebook page, facebook.com slash 22 shots podcast, right? I never say it. I always say search bar 22 shots of moods and horror podcast. I changed it up tonight because I felt like it. Follow us on the Discord and please support the Patreon to get the sand sucked out of my vagina. And make sure you go over to the exploding head. And to grow a beard. And to grow a beard. Make sure you go over to the Exploding Heads Patreon page and tell them that the 22 Shots Moods and Horror is number one. <laughs> Patreon.com slash 22 Shots Podcast. That should do it, everybody, for episode 158 of the 22 Shots of Moods and Horror Podcast. We'll be back next week with episode 159. We'll be digging into a trio of legendary horror director William Castle's library of films. And we'll be doing our next of kin drawing. Mexican? For that. Mexican. Adios. Adios. Why do remakes suck? (laughs) 